But I remember this back when my dad was in the airlines. When he first started in the airlines, he noticed that there was a lot of issues where the airlines were specifically looking for female pilots and they were literally hiring women who were not qualified and were absolute garbage pilots. And my dad used to sit there and he's like, I don't understand this. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But it was mandated by the FAA. They're required to. He sat there going, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you're hiring people who should never be flying. <laughs> like, these people should not be in charge of other people's lives. What are you doing? And he used to complain about it all the time. And uh, my mom would, my mom was sitting there and she would, she would agree with him. She's like, yeah, she remembered that in the Air Force. Of the Air Force was really big on trying to make sure that they had female representation in the military. When he was, uh, when he'd already been, or he'd already been a major for several years, and women were coming in, and he knew some women pilots were fucking awesome, but he knew a lot of other women pilots that should not have been in the military, should never have been been behind a cockpit, and he would tell them that, like just flat out, like you shouldn't be a pilot. Yeah, it's part of the reason why he was never promoted <laughs> because he would just speak his mind. Right. God forbid that you ever do that in the military. So <laughs> as miles knows, um, so yeah, like it, it, that's where I'm like, that's why I, I sit there and I go, I think that we've now reached that into other aspects of professions of you have people being hired who are never qualified to do the work they're doing. Oh, it's, it's been fake it till you can make it for easily a decade. Yeah. Anyways, welcome to the geek out heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah and miles and delay. Uh, <laughs> so listeners, as you know, I'm not going to be doing the normal editing anymore. So if this is a long one, it's a long one. If this is a short one, it's a short one. If it's got a lot of ums, uhs and delays, sorry, it's just the way it is. If there's anything too major, I'll, I'll try to edit that, you know, something out. Like if we lose connection or something like that, I'll try to be nice to you guys and do some, some good for you on there. But, uh, as we said, it's, it takes a lot of my time and I'm tired of doing it. So you're getting us unfiltered, <laughs> which might not be good. Who knows uh, if anybody says anything too outlandish. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll cut that out. But uh, we try not to be, you know, ultra offensive just to be ultra offensive. But uh, sometimes we say jokes that are just not like it's appropriate for the group. It's not appropriate for everybody else to hear. Yeah, I feel like we, uh, <laughs> we I have said many myself. We grew out of the edgy to be edgy phase like 10 years ago. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, we're all too old for that shit. <laughs> One of the things I want to bring up is Anderson and I have been talking back and forth uh, for the last week or so about uh, the state, like one, the state of gaming and the state of like tons of industries, like what's going on, why industries seem to be failing, why things seem to be getting worse. And at this point, like it's not like it's not just agenda. Like we realize that there's a lot of agenda being thrown out. You got, you know, <laughs> you have companies who are who are choosing the wrong people for the wrong for the for the wrong choices and uh i think that a lot of that has to do with uh you have a lot of pressure coming down from our own government as well as other governments around the world of you have to meet this this quota essentially with the government and uh with our government's called an esg score and you get certain you do get like you do get certain cutbacks. I know this from uh, graphic design industry, just the fact of like if you have certain people in certain positions, you get a certain government kickback. Women women owned businesses get certain government uh, tax relief 
It's one of the reasons why one of the businesses I worked for went from being a male owned business to a female owned business. Uh, never mind the fact that, you know, she had the money for it, but it was one of their, it was one of their strategic plans of like, okay, we can actually save some money here by switching over. And uh, this was before I even joined them uh, and having the, it be a female owned business. Uh, this happened twice, actually in two, two places that I worked for. Um, not going to name names because I don't think that'd be you know, fully appropriate, uh, because the women who ran them weren't terrible at their, you know, weren't terrible at what they did. Uh, one of them wasn't a very good manager, but good at being just a salesperson. Like they could, they could sell dirt to a ditch digger, which is good because <laughs> sometimes you need that, especially in advertising. So it's, it's something I'm, I'm aware of. And there are certain people that should not be in certain positions that get hired and get put into these positions because they meet that requirement or not really that requirement, but rather quota so that they can stay in good graces, you could say. And the problem is the ESG score works very much like what you could call a social credit score, which is something that the Communist Party has had for a long time, specifically in China. So it, if you don't know what a social credit score is, it's basically, it gives you a rating based off, there, based off of things that you do, things that you enjoy, the people you talk to, the, the company you keep, the, the businesses you work in. And it gives you a certain rating based off of how the government sees you. Now, if you're in a good rating, then the government doesn't really interfere too much with you and you can go about your business and you kind of live with uh, the autonomy of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm free. I'm okay. Uh, if you have a bad social credit score, well, congratulations, you're going to be probably ending up in a, in a what they call a re-education camp. Now, that's the extreme, but the ESG works somewhat similar in the fact of you get a certain rating based off of the people that you hire. So based off of the minorities, the genders that you hire, the people that you have employed, you get a certain score with the government and there are some certain tax incentives for doing stuff like that. Uh, there have been many cases where some businesses have not, have not been able to hire enough or have had to fire or let go a lot of people. And this has caused them to lose their ESG rating entirely. It's just, I just looked at me like, what? <laughs> it's one of those things like you, you, you looked at me like what, like almost like, how is that possible? It's just the way, it's just the way things are. It's, it's like I said, it's like a, it's, it's like a social credit score. It's not the same thing, obviously, because you can't equate them on the same level because one's a tyrannical government that puts you in a re-education camp. And the, the other one, the other one, you just lose the rating. So when you lose the rating though, you lose certain benefits that, that came with that. Which right. I'm well, sure, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Though, is what happens when you lose your rating? You lose certain benefits that, that come with that. <laughs> on top of that, you end up having, uh, if you're a large enough company, you end up having problems with certain businesses that you do business with who look to you and say, you don't have a high enough score with us or, or with this. So because of that, we see you as a problem. You're problematic. You're not enough of an ally. Exactly. That's kind of how it comes across. Yeah. So sounds like a great idea with the best of intentions. <laughs> exactly. With the best of intentions, the road <laughs> paved to hell. Um, <laughs> so listeners, I could, I could probably go on this for quite a while and trying to explain all the intricacies for it. There are tons, there's, there's tons more to it than just what I pointed out, but I'm trying to point out just, Basically, what we're getting at is a lot of people are being hired into businesses, being put in charge of certain things like branding, being put in charge of things like studios that should never have been put in charge in the first place. 
or in some cases are being put in charge because they're just seen as you're a person of representation for this group of people so that we can say, look, hey, look at who we hired. But in reality, you have no power and no say. I'm pretty sure that's what happened with 343. It's essentially affirmative action in the business world. Correct. Uh, it's been happening for companies for a long time. I, the uh, Bioware was exposed for this years back with uh, when Andromeda uh, came out and it turned out that Andromeda was completely crap. And they, one of the piece, one of the developers that was uh, put on uh, blast on Twitter. Well, she hadn't, she didn't really have a whole lot of experience and she was the person in charge of all their animations. And this is why you got the gorilla walk. They, the, like some of these people just shouldn't be put in these positions because they don't have the experience. They don't have the skill to actually do it, but they're hired, not based off of merit, not based off of capabilities they are hired based off of solely your good representation for this group of people. And we can put you into this category within our company that gives us a better score. And that's kind of how it goes along. So it's, it's, it's a shitty deal. It's a shitty deal for everybody because in the end we end up getting, we end up getting one worse products. We end up getting uh, really bad. <laughs> we've, we, I mean, for the past two, two, three years, we've been getting worse and worse a or a triple a development to the point where it's just, you know, the first a, yeah, that's correct. The last two a's, those are glitches. So <laughs> what we're getting isn't actually triple a development anymore. What we're getting is half-assed development from people who don't know what they're doing. And uh, Josiah pointed out earlier to us is that you have a lot of the old, like what the, what we consider the old guard and stuff like that. And people are saying, you know, well, sometimes the older guard can be problematic. They can in some of their attitudes, but the talent's still there. And when the talent's gone, it's noticeable. It's very noticeable. And it's a bad mark for any game in development when we start seeing veterans within that studio or veterans of the industry leaving. And it's not because they're retiring. It's not because they're calling or because they they've been in the business for too long and they're trying to get out. It's usually just because they're frustrated or they don't want to work. They don't want to work for that company anymore because of things happening internally. And you don't hear about like the, the issues they had with it for years because most of them sign NDNAs. And did I say that correctly? NDA. NDA. Thank you. NDNA. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> DNA. Sorry. Uh, anyways, the uh, yeah, they, they they sign an agreement to say, "Hey, I I basically have a gag order. I can't talk about the company." And some of them honor honor that. In reality, I should tell a lot of people out there: if you're in a business and you leave, uh, unless you are getting a salary or you're getting a uh, a severance package, you really don't have to follow those. <laughs> uh, you you can talk about a company as much as you want. You can tell another boss why you left. You can tell somebody else like, Hey, this is the issue. Um, it's usually not considered in good faith to go out and put a company on blast because a lot of other companies see that as, Oh, this person's a blabbermouth, and they'll just go out and say whatever the fuck they want about another company. Uh, so we won't hire them. That's just, you have to play the political game with companies. A lot of the time <laughs> that's just management versus you. So, uh, but there have been there have been plenty of developers that years later tell you like tell things like yeah things were really going bad. I mean Marty from uh, when he was with uh, Bungie and that whole thing that went down with Activision. You finally hear the full story from him on what the fuck was going on, and it is just jaw droppingly stupid on how ridiculous Activision treated Bungie in the first place, and the fact that Bungie accepted it and went yeah well you know we get to you guys get to jerk off all over our faces and we take it and we love it. 
Uh, meanwhile, you have everybody else who's working underneath you hating the shit out of this because it's ruining the project that they loved and they were looking forward to, to, to working on. You hear about this stuff years later, and I'm sure we're going to hear everything that took place at 343 years from now when it comes to Halo Infinite, when it comes to Halo, you know, we've already heard some of the stuff that happened with Halo 5. That's how do you think we heard from Halo 5 that the, the fucking main writer and and the creative leads for Halo 5 didn't know Master Chief was the main character? I mean, how do you work for Microsoft in the first place? Right. How did you get that job? Were you a diversity hire? More likely. <laughs> Well, and I mean, Were you qualified for your job? I doubt it. We've we've already talked about, you know, gatekeeping and, you know, stuff like that. But I feel like when you're being put in charge of a project, they should make you take a test on whether you know what you're in charge of or not. Well, it's not, it's not gatekeeping. Like, gatekeeping. Right. Well, I'm just saying, I feel like if you're going to be put in charge of a project, like, you know, yeah, you're being mean, brought in on a new Halo project, you should. But have, in reality. But in reality, that's true for everything. Josiah, would you like somebody to come in as a welder who has no experience and has never welded anything in their fucking life? But hey, they meet a certain criteria and they've held a torch. I mean, as long as I'm not in charge of the project, they can assign but would you, would you Would you want to go in that building? <laughs> would you want to go? Would you want to go on a bridge that was engineered by an air was that was engineered by an engineer who doesn't know the order of operations? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> fuck no. You'd never want to go in that place. In fact, that should be a goddamn requirement in anything of you should have experience you should have you should be going through an internship like you you had to go through an internship you had to go through your education you had to get certified if they turned around and they said and this is happening in current high schools of oh you didn't meet the score you didn't meet the actual score but hey because you're this race this gender sexual orientation or anything like that because you meet these criteria we're going to lower the score just for you lowering a standard just because you meet those that's equity not equality and that's why i hate it when people sit there well we know we need more equity no 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 you need more equality when people are seen on the same level you're expecting people everybody else this is the bar everyone must meet the bar if you do not meet the bar then you don't qualify that's just it i mean especially for some of the things that i do i'm certified to handle you know some things that if I screw up, it could kill people. Yeah. Like I'm uh, I'm MedGas certified. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, follow the procedures and, you know, somebody could die. Yeah. If there's a, a cross connection in the pipes, like, you know, you cross connect the, the nitrogen and the oxygen pipes. Yeah. yeah. Nitrogen kills people. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, it's yeah. happened before, but I mean, it was an extremely hard test. And at no point did they ever come in and say, hey, we're going to lower the score for anybody. Like, I failed my first test and they said, well, you're, you're going to have to get better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in real life, you actually do have to get good. That's well, why yeah. most people don't have time to get good in video games because they're trying to get good in life. Yeah. That, that's why I suck at most games now is because I was studying for tests like that. Yeah. We're going to get into to sucking more more games <laughs> in a bit but, but yeah if i were to have to study my ass off for that test and yeah. then have somebody else come in behind and be like we're gonna make it a little easier for you don't worry i'd be pissed yeah and that's happening in tons of places militaries that's fucking prevalent with this shit no offense to anyone who's our, who's in our who's a serviceman a servicewoman i respect your position immensely you have no idea my entire you know i have entire generations behind me that are all military men so i have a lot of respect for the military however 
the military of today is nowhere near what the military used to be. And that's just a fact. The physical requirements for uh, the Air Force is a fucking joke. Oh, it has been for a Compared long to the way time. it used to be. When my father and my grandfather were, when my father, my grandfather, my, or my great uncle, my great grandfather, when they were all in the military, they all had to qualify for the same things, which means they had to qualify at the same level as a Marine for PT. So like they had to, they had to qualify for search and rescue. They had to qualify for uh, survival training. Like all this stuff had to be equal across the board. And yet now they get these, they, they, they fucking ba- they fucking basically just say, Oh no, we're going to cut it in half for you because you're in this, you're in this division. Oh, you're in the air force. You're going to be flying over that rice patty. It's not going to fucking matter. Uh, forgive the vernacular listeners, but that's just an old saying from, from back in the day. <laughs> Uh, and I'm older. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it doesn't help that they're essentially <laughs> a non-combat branch too, a non-physical combat branch. That's not true, though. They do have they do have a recon. They have ground recon. They actually do have a they actually do have a troop deployment. That the the fact is is that they used to have the same requirements because the likelihood of you getting shot at your plane was still quite high. And if you had to do any kind of survival, you had to be able to survive just like anybody else out there who was, who, who gets stuck out, you know, get stuck out in the field alone or even with a, you know, even with their platoon mates, like these guys have to learn how to survive. They have to learn how to be the killers are being trained to be. And yet you're giving requirements like, oh no, you don't have to run a mile. You're going to half a mile. Actually, you can walk it. It's fine. Like, are hold you on, hold kidding on, hold on. me? So you're telling me that if I weren't, now too old for active duty my fat asthmatic ass could go join dude i should show you a picture <laughs> and show you a picture of some of the like some of the uh the or the uh recruits that i saw for uh the navy it's sad like and they were literally accepted like they, they just walked in signed the paperwork go off to you know go off to boot it's the quintessential like you are not gonna make it <laughs> like the, our future is doomed if you're if you're what they're accepting oh i'm gonna be so pissed because when i tried to enlist when i was 18 yeah they uh oh i had asthma as a kid and then you know obviously i'm not in great shape well today if you were in the air force they just tell you well you can walk it and if well, you don't get the whole distance that's fine you can get it you can get it later well that's like, what i'm could saying you, could you imagine explaining that to somebody who got shot down out of a plane it's fine just walk it <laughs> don't try don't try to evade don't try to get away from the enemy just just walk it take it at your own leisurely pace if if you need a break just put your hand up and the enemy will stop <laughs> a former brother-in-law of mine uh or yeah brother-in-law of mine uh was an mp for the air force and this was yeah. Oh fuck! I don't know. Fifteen years ago at this point, and yeah. uh, oh, like what? What listeners really, really quick? What I'm referring to has been taking place over the past twenty years. Yeah. Just so you're, just so you're aware of the timeline. He, he went in for his <laughs> uh, his annual like PT test or whatever to make sure that he was you know fit yeah. enough for duty, and uh, all he had to do was be on a stationary bike for fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's all he had to do. I totally could have passed. This is bullshit. <laughs> I do that every day. <laughs> You see that over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous when you hear that shit. Mm-hmm. So now this, that just makes is... me think the recruiters didn't want to deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> He's too obstinate. We're not going to deal with this, but that doesn't make any sense. Cause they accepted miles. <laughs> Cause he's like the king of obstinates, man. Uh, 
It worked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it so worked enough that they made me uh, fucking double time five fucking miles in full gear and wet weather. <laughs> <laughs> Never do that again in my life, even if it depends on it. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna put the hand up. Just time out. Don't uh, chase me. Just shoot me now, please. <laughs> Yeah. So, listeners, what I'm getting at is the reason why is the the standards obviously have lowered in so many different fields, and I'm trying to get this across. Of there's no way if this is happening in a government level, if this is happening in areas that I've worked in, there's no way it's not happening in development. So, if you're wondering why development is going so poorly, why games are coming out that are completely broken and trash, like Jedi Survivor, which incidentally has had five patches and is actually worse now for PC, in my opinion, than it was when it started. I would rather have the hitching and the stutter than have what's happening now. This is the worst port I have ever seen to PC. I think for for a AAA, I should should say, I think in years for a AAA developer, from a a developer like you, like Respawn, you made Titanfall, you made Titanfall 2, and you can't make this? Well, I mean, God more Damn. poignant than that, they made the last Jedi game, and it didn't really have much Jedi s- in the way of issues. Not like this. Jedi Jedi Fallen Order had it had share of issues. It had share share of bugs. It wasn't a perfect right. game. It, we we all know it's not a perfect no, game never because is. there's no such thing yeah. as a perfect game. But I mean, they but, had a template to fucking work off of. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't nearly on the same level of just broken shit in this. You had the frame, you had the frame time issues. You had the, pre, the uh, you had the fact that the game was far too dependent on CPU. Never mind the fact that, never mind the fact that it couldn't run. It could, it had problems with running on modern day top of the line computers, which they hilariously tried to blame on Windows 10. Yeah, try to wrap your mind around that bullshit. Uh, and then the there, there's the fact that the game didn't even run at its minimum settings because the settings didn't work very well on top of that most of the time trying to set anything in the min, in the in the menu system with the mouse doesn't work no joke literally just does not work like the mouse clicks on something and nothing happens it's hysterically bad wow so you have this game that that, that comes out it's completely broken yeah, the frame time issues. Then turn around, you put out a patch. It actually got a little bit better, listeners. I'll, I'll admit, after patch two and three, it actually got a little bit better. And then patch four comes out, and now it's getting broken again. Now you have issues where you have massive occlusion culling taking place in the game. You have, which listeners, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, typical in Unreal Engine four, uh, but it's not as it's not as prevalent in most games because developers who actually take the time to fix shit uh, make sure it's not as noticeable but when you are in a game and you turn really quickly in a game and you see a little like white flash typically it's in the corners of your screen uh, if you see like a light uh, like just a white flash really quick and something just pops into into existence on the screen that's that's occlusion calling that's where an object is being rendered or that, that's being rendered uh, behind another object is being shown first and the object in front is not being rendered rendered and uh, quick enough and it's just being brought into existence and brought into memory really quickly and you're getting a slight white flash so it happens in games yeah we've seen it however 
when it's happening just everywhere. And it is so much worse, in my opinion, in uh, indoor environments because it's so much more noticeable because lighting is more controlled. Uh, on top of that, you have a tremendous amount of pop in that's been introduced. Your uh, the lighting distance for uh, de- uh, uh, level of detail is hysterically bad. Like we're talking maybe a fl- maybe a, a maximum distance of 15, 20 feet from the character in the game. Wow. And you're seeing you're seeing shadows pop in and out and lighting like gi- lighting, giving you almost a, uh, a, a <laughs> if it was if it was intentional. It would be a perfect effect for a horror game because essentially you're you're seeing the uh, fluorescent light bulbs flicker in the ceiling <laughs> of shit. And nope, when you get up close, it never does it. But if you get far enough away, it just starts. You just see the light start flickering off of walls and shit because it can't it, it can't be rendered at the proper distance. Maybe they should write that down and save it for a horror game at some point. But what's hilarious is that that issue with the lights and stuff like that goes away the moment I drop everything down too low. Hmm. You know why? Everything's made out of spaghetti. Everything's uh, everything. Yeah. Everything. Cause everything, well, everything turns into this fucking muddy, just mess of, of texture and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. So I sit there and I'm like, how, how is it that you guys made Jedi fallen order Titanfall two? How is it that you made Titanfall? And these weren't prevalent issues in those games. Not to the point where people are just going, what the fuck is going on? Whoever you've hired, clearly not doing the job. Clearly not up to snuff. Clearly too green. They might be cheap, but shit, do they make cheap work? Well, you know what they say, you get what you pay for. Right. In which case, lots of people paid $70 for this. So here's the thing. This goes to EA and Respawn. I will never buy another game from you again on day one. I will always make sure I buy every title from you massively on discount asking $70 for a game. That's this broken. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page on that. I, so uh, I would say the same thing to arcane studios, but arcane, I've never trusted any of your games and I never buy them day one. So, (laughs) or buy them in general. It'd be, be, yeah, it'd be redundant. I think you are the most overblown, overhyped studio that's ever existed. No, I was going to say Mass Effect Andromeda is finally on sale, like deep (laughs) discount. I'm thinking about it, but only because it's like six bucks. Do you have Game Pass? You know, I did, and I don't know when it expired. I was going to say, if you have Game Pass, it's it's 3A Play and Game Pass, so you can just play it for that. (laughs) I'll have to check it out. If you're really wanting to. I wouldn't recommend it. Miles wouldn't recommend it. I'm pretty sure Shayna wouldn't recommend it at this point. Am I yeah, correct? She's not going to go. She's going back through the original trilogy again. Yeah. It's uh, so much better. Yeah. I mean, it's just night and day. Um, you know, watching her play through Andromeda, I was like, the gameplay is still good. Like the gameplay is still solid enough to enjoy yourself, but that's it. Like why, why else play anything else in there? Like you don't get treated yeah, well. They had the solid sucks. shooting mechanics. They had solid, solid overall, uh, general gameplay mechanics yeah uh just terrible animations awful dialogue bad story um well i'm just curious if they ever fixed that uh that game breaking bug that i ran into you're talking about when she when she pulls out the gun and it's backwards because that's that's completely game breaking for me watching someone (laughs) pointing a gun in reverse towards themselves 
<laughs> I mean, unless they were planning on killing themselves. Yeah. Which supposedly that's been fixed a long time ago, but that it still just baffles <laughs> the fuck out of me that that ever happened. No, uh, we actually discovered like, real AI and that's what the result was. It was trying to kill itself. It tried the to kill coding. itself. <laughs> yeah. I could totally believe it. Um, but you remember I got like three quarters of the way through the game and I hit a bug where I couldn't advance any of the quests and I couldn't load another, uh, previous save. Oh yeah. I'm just curious if that one ever got fixed. Cause I mean, yeah, the story kind of sucked, but I was far enough in that I was like, all right, well, I may as well see. Yeah. You know, I always see told myself if it went on a deep enough discount, I'd grab it again. And yeah, I feel like six bucks is cheap enough. Yeah. All right. Well, but I also don't know to you. I just, I don't want to see you waste your money. (laughs) Right. $6. And I'm telling you that like, I could get myself a candy bar and a soda for that and probably be happier. Yeah. That, that, that move or that game is the equivalent of me getting like when I got a ghostbusters 2016 for free and I still felt ripped off. (laughs) I got it for free from Sony and I still felt ripped off. I was like, why? (laughs) <laughs> that, that is it is on the same level for me with andromeda of i i even if you buy even if you get the game for free and you put any time into it you're never going to get that time back that time is gone forever right here's your free copy of digital herpes <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is like with games like with games coming up in prices like that like man it's $70. You guys have got to nail it at $70. This game, it like, we realize there's no such thing as a perfect game. We don't expect perfection, but we do expect playable and good. Yeah, expect and value <laughs> for the money. And, and yeah. And, and when you're saying that games cost more money to make, prove it, prove to me that games cost more money to make. When I see God of war Ragnarok, do I believe that game costs more money than the first game to make? Yes. I absolutely believe that game cost more to make than the first game or than, than 2018. Absolutely. There's no question in my mind that that game cost them more money to make. So when I saw it was so, so when I look back at like, Oh, it was $70. I go, yeah, you know what? $70. It was worth it. It was actually worth it. It was worth my money. It ran well. It was a good game. It wasn't perfect, but it was a great, it was a great title. I went through it. I had to lower the difficulty, but again, we're going to come back. We're going to come back to that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's one of those things. Like I see a hallmark of this is quality. This is a mark of quality and you deserve my money. I could say the same thing for ratchet and clank. I could say the same thing for horizon forbidden West. These games are being well-made. They're not introducing game breaking bugs. They're not considered unplayable. They don't feel like a game that is just completely garbage whereas you go to jet you know go to jedi survivor and on even on console you you put it in performance mode it still can't on performance mode it still can't hit 60 fps on performance mode that's that's supposed to listeners performance mode in on uh playstation and xbox that's supposed to literally lower the quality of everything else in the game till it hits 60 fps so that you can get the best frames per second on a game that requires Twitch mechanics. Okay, well, that should be a thing. But instead, we we get a game that it can barely hit 45 FPS on performance mode, which, yeah, well, that's better than 30. Fuck me. 
it's still not it's still not 60 it's still you're still 15 short guys still 15 short how the fuck did this happen so instead we're literally getting reviews out there that are telling this is and this comes from digital foundry digital foundry is sitting there going we don't recommend you play it on performance mode we recommend you play it on quality mode because even though it's 30 frames per second at least it's a more consistent 30 frames per second rather than going from 45 50 30 25 because when you're playing at 30 frames per second at least when it goes to 25 frames per second you're not going to notice it as much as you would going from 45 to 25 because that happens consistently in the game why does it happen like that on consoles uh if you want to know it's because the uh the ray tracing never turns off for reflections in case you're curious and the uh, performance <laughs> mode was supposedly uh had a shit ton of screen tear as well which is oh yeah really jarring in almost any game that you have to play especially one that you have to have basically you know fast reflexes on yeah, especially when it was consistently from console to console, it was the same play, same position for the screen yep. tearing at the top at the top of the screen. Yep. The like when they did when they did their analysis of it, they they were sitting there like saying, "I mean, Digital Foundry." I've never heard them say except for with uh, uh, Cyberpunk, where they recommended no one buy Cyberpunk on uh, the last generation consoles at the time. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I've ever heard them say anything like that. And in this case, they told they, they they literally said this game should not be sold on PC. What? And what did Respawn say? Oh, it's a we're we're celebrating. We got it done in record time, guys. <laughs> it shows. Yeah, we realized that you got it done in record time because it's trash. You know, and listeners, I realize I'm harping on on respawn a lot, but I mean, especially from a developer that we all had a lot of respect for. I had tons of respect for. I, respawn. I mean, it's like you said, Titanfall, Titanfall Two, and uh, Jedi Fallen Order. All three were very, very good, very polished games. Jedi Fallen Order is the only reason why I bought this day one. Yeah, only reason because I have no faith in EA games, but because it's respawn, because they proved me wrong with Jedi Fallen Order. Because I thought Jedi Fallen Order was going to be monetized to shit because it's Star Wars. Yeah. And they proved me wrong. I was so happy about that. And it was great. It was a great game. And then this happens and I go, oh, you're, you're just like every other studio within EA. You're just like EA themselves. You don't care about your customers. You don't care about testing your product. And you can give me the bullshit of oh, there's so many systems we have to test it on. There are all just too many variations. When the game cannot be played and is not working correctly at your minimum specs that you say, this is what you have, this is what you have to have in order to play this game at the minimum settings at 30 FPS. That's what you are telling everyone when you do that. If it cannot do that, you are lying. You are a bad developer. You do not care about your customers. You do not care about your product. You did not care about what you released. The only thing you cared about was the almighty dollar. It's so fucking depressing to see a studio like that, that I held in such high regard. And now I'm glad Titanfall or three never came out. I'm glad they haven't worked on Titanfall three because fuck me. If that's the quality I can expect from Titanfall three, it's better never being made. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, and Arcane, like I said, I've always thought you were trash. I always thought you were the most overhyped studio ever, and you've proven it <laughs> with Redfall. Uh, that game shouldn't even exist. 
the, the fact that you, the fact that you saw the games as a service landscape and went, yeah, we can do that. We're arcane. We've never done anything like that before. It's never been in our wheelhouse, and we've got a terrible idea for how to do this. Uh, it should be said, listeners, that this was actually recorded well before the expose that was done by Jason Schreier recently. And so when we recorded this, none of that had come out. So now that that actually has come up and that has just insane implications as to what's going on within that company and within the industry as a whole, in my opinion. But the fact that the company itself, the, the people who were their, their old guard, the people who were actually involved in games like Prey and stuff, games that even I consider mediocre. These people knew for a fact that this was not the kind of game that they wanted to play and that they wanted to make at all. So they lost something like 70% of their main staff left in the process of making this game because this isn't the game they wanted to make. What was happening? Who was in charge of this? Was this coming down from Bethesda? Was it Zenimax that was forcing this shit? And the, the worst part about it was the fact that this continued even after Microsoft's acquisition. That no one could go to Microsoft and say, look, I think you guys need to step in because this is trash. No one felt comfortable enough to go to Phil Spencer and say, you need to stop this now. It's going to fail. And I can respect Phil Spencer and the fact that he wanted to stay hands off after their acquisition because you don't want to piss off the cash cow, right? You were hoping Starfield's going to be good. You're, you're banking on Elder Scrolls 6 eventually in the future, right? So you don't want to piss them off. Totally understand that and respect it. But this kind of shows with what's happened here, with what's happened at 343, with, with what's going on, you kind of need to start getting your ducks in order. And there's no longer an excuse of you could make an 11 out of 10 game and it wouldn't change the, it wouldn't change the way people feel. They wouldn't sell their, X, their, their, their PlayStation 5s. You're correct, but it wouldn't hurt. And it sure as shit wouldn't hurt your brand. It, it'll only make you look better if people see the value of game passes where they can get triple a games that are that are this good in the future you know if, if they were 11 out of 10 do you think that's going to hurt game pass at all no that's going to draw more attention to it that's going to actually make the service just blow up right that's what you want but now you have just shit after shit after shit after shit after shit coming out on your service and now people see you as the actual netflix of gaming because we don't expect quality from netflix we expect crap to come from netflix when Netflix says we have a Netflix original, rarely is it a Stranger Things. That's a that's a once in a lifetime thing. So you don't want your service to end up in that kind of category. Just saying. And the unbelievable fact that they lost 70% of their staff during the making of that game. That's a huge drop off, bud. And at no point did you guys ever look into the financials as to what was happening. Never looked into the what was causing the loss of staff. That didn't even come across your desk. That's how hands off you are to not say, hey, guys, what's going on? Why is the studio? Why, why are people leaving? I need to know. Microsoft never came in kicking down the fucking cans and going, look, you guys got to stop this shit. You got to stop you. You got to stop making trash games. You got to start making good stuff again. I mean, we all hoped that they were going to shut down creation engine and force them to use unreal or something that yeah. just wasn't the case sadly yeah i mean 
fuck it, like fuck it. Move over to to the to the the avalanche engine. Makes incredible environments, <laughs> open yeah. worlds that are that are designed specifically to be open worlds. I don't know why you didn't just switch to that. It works. Sure, it's got some bugs, and I'm sure it's probably going to be something new to to work with. But it was designed specifically to do that. Whereas Creation Engine has just been <laughs> what Gamebryo is that it? Mm, yep. It was the the Gamebryo engine, which listeners again, if you it, we've said this before, if you don't know the story behind uh, the Creation Engine, you should have to go look it up. But getting back to Bethesda, like they were given so much autonomy, they were like, all right, well, you can you can run your studio as the way you've always ran it. Which a lot of companies are like, well, that's the way it should be. In some cases, yes, but as a as a owner of the company, you should also be looking at all the projects that they're working on and saying, okay, this kind of looks like shit. Like you can have that kind of say. Yeah. Like Act Activision, who who didn't even own Bungie, came in and made sure they over monetized the shit out of it and chopped up that game into oblivion till till we got Destiny to the way it is today. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say the way it is today. I should say <laughs> Destiny the way it was throughout throughout vanilla, vanilla because I will admit Destiny Two is far better than than it was when Destiny was out. Uh, it is, but they've also fallen into the same old practices. And yeah, absolutely, they, they didn't learn anything. Mm. You know, they 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 enjoyed their freedom from uh, being owned by anybody for ten months. Was it 10 months or mm-hmm. it was just at, it was either just before a year or just after a full year before they yeah. uh, sold to uh, Sony. Which Sony apparently stays hands off. With yeah, them, for so now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for now, for now, until things get really bad. Um, which if if Destiny doesn't uh, or if Bungie doesn't pick up the uh, the pace and actually make a start making good, compelling, more better, compelling stories that we can enjoy instead of creating and introducing terrible characters and killing off fan favorites. Seriously holiday. What the fuck are you guys thinking? Um, I mean, the new season starts, uh, I think this week, if they can't do that, then they're, they're kind of up shit Creek in my opinion. Um, they're going to have a really rough go, uh, in the future. And that's just because, uh, I listeners, I'm, I know that destiny has a lot of lore. It requires reading fucking everything is the reason why I follow my name is Bife. However, I shouldn't have to read every goddamn thing to get the full story. And uh, I mean, that's still always been the case. And I also feel like uh, the stories that you tell me should be complete and they should have a feeling of uh, accomplishment to them when I'm finished with them. Not. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Uh, We're flying by the seat of our pants and here it goes. I don't need a Je- I don't need a last Jedi. I need I need a Star Wars trilogy. I need I need the original trilogy. Give me beginning, middle and end. Not here's uh here's something that we made up that might work. Yeah. That nobody really likes. Mass Effect original trilogy. It doesn't really go with anything we made. Fantastic yeah. space epic. Didn't need anything else added to it or taken away from it. Could have had a better ending. How you feel about the ending? <laughs> yeah. Regardless of how you feel about the uh, feel about the ending, that game is or that the those three games are a hell of a ride. Yeah. So, hell, uh, the um, the original uh, four four uh, Assassin's Creed games, you know, uh, Altair and the oh, Ezio yeah. trilogy, 
fantastic storyline and then just jump mm-hmm. ship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's done with this. Fuck it. Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> Egypt, ancient Greece. Valhalla. Wait, Valhalla? Yeah. Valhalla. Okay. Yeah, Assassin's Creed, like we've said this before, Assassin's Creed should should have dropped the whole like modern day setting entirely and just gone like, yeah, this just takes place. It's just a period piece. I mean, there's no Oculus. There's no, there's no, it would have been shit fucking side plot of the Templars in the future. It would have been great to keep the dual storyline if they had actually, you know, worked on done it. something with it. <laughs> <laughs> actually done something with it. It actually made sense. Yeah. But it didn't make sense even in Black Flag. So, anyways, yeah. But uh, yeah, Microsoft gave Microsoft gave uh, Bethesda all that freedom and said, "Hey, you guys do what you want to do, and this is what you get. You get, you know, it, it, what's what you you get things like Redfall. You get, you know, things like Fallout seventy six. Now I realize Fallout seventy six was before that, but that should have like Fallout seventy six should have been the big indicator to Microsoft of we need to to monitor what they're doing right because this service is shit it's trash and i don't understand how anybody's still playing it but there are still players apparently so that that just goes to show you can get people to play anything uh some people just don't have standards in my opinion um they don't have the same standards as me listeners <laughs> which means that they are worse standards than mine and i am gatekeeping the shit out of that so fuck you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like it, I, I feel like these. I feel like overall the standards for just gamers in general have lowered so fucking much that part of that is also why you know aside from the bad hires, aside from the bad development, the old guard leaving, all that stuff. I think the other thing that's the problem in the gaming industry is is you have gamers who have put up with too much shit. We've allowed too much crap to happen and we've put up with it for too long and said, okay, maybe next time you'll do better. Maybe next time you'll do better. Okay. Well, it's not a great release, but eventually it was a, it it was a great game. No man's sky. You know, we, we have this whole expectation of like, okay, well it's okay if they fix it in post. No, it is not okay anymore. These people are asking $70 of your hard earned money. Yeah. It is not okay. It wasn't okay when it was $60. It's not okay today. Yeah. In fact, it's worse. I think part of it too is uh, you have like our, we, we've, we've talked about this uh, ad nauseum before, but uh, our, our hobby has grown, just ballooned like crazy over the past two decades. And I think you have a lot of influx of people that don't have those standards for their games because they didn't grow up and experience uh, a lot of the games that actually were great that set the kind of precedent for games to go moving forward. And instead they get essentially what we would almost consider fucking shovelware at this point. Cause it's just nonstop yeah. fucking battle royales, glitchy messes. And they're like, Oh yeah, this is fine when they don't know any better. Yeah. Well, it's better than my mobile game. <laughs> no. Better than the game I played on my phone. All I play is Call of oh, Duty. That's <laughs> if the bar is that low, then 
we're screwed. <laughs> I think it is because I mean, mo- like mobile gaming is taking has completely taken over the the mobile gaming market is absolutely ballooned out of control to the point where it is it is so far beyond where PC console gaming is and sheer numbers and money that is being made from it that I am almost amazed that any kind of gaming industry actually exists today. So when you have anybody who's like, I've only played games on my phone switching over to, Oh, well I thought about getting a PC or a console. I'm sorry, but you're, you, if you've been playing games only on your phone now, granted, I know that there are some good games out there on phones. I'm well aware of it. However, if you look at the large landscape of trash out there and you think that those that the only people who are switching over to console and PC are the people who have only played good games, you're sadly mistaken. There are plenty of people who are switching over to PC and when they get a hold of a PC game that is far better than anything they've played on console or on their their handheld. They're they're going to their minds get fucking blown. They're like, oh, my gosh, just, you guys have been playing games like this for so long. Yeah, but that one's shit. It's better than what I've played. Yeah. That's kind of the mentality that's happening. <laughs> I've heard it. Listeners, in case you're wondering where that's coming from, I've actually heard that sentiment. And like, well, this is better than anything I played on my phone or on my phone or on my tablet. Well, that doesn't make it good. It just means that what you were playing was trash to begin with. So you're you, you don't know that. Play something even better. Play stuff that's even even better for years. And then you get to the point where like, well, this is garbage. Why would I play this? I mean, look at Diablo Immortal. That game is awful. The amount of monetization that went into it, the the bullshit that happens in that game, it's fucking trash. But you had plenty of people who stuck with it. Obviously, it's still running (laughs) for a reason because you have plenty of people who are just willing to put up with it. Now, imagine that same group of people suddenly coming into the PC gaming sphere. They went from a mobile environment that was just complete garbage over monetizing the shit out of everything they do. And this would, this could even be true on some PC games. Yeah. But imagine them coming over into other games and then you having to put up with the same crap that they've been putting up for years. And they're looking at you like you're crazy because they've been putting up with this for years. And the game they're looking at now looks amazing. It looks incredible. Well, yeah, you'd look at them like you're fucking crazy. Well, that's kind of how we see things right now. We're looking at these games and going, what the hell are you guys doing to the, the development community? Meanwhile, there are tons of gamers out there that just, I don't see anything wrong because their standards aren't high enough. You had the main gaming community who were fans of the franchise who went and played it and went, whoa, what? Right. Those are the people that called out the monetization. Those are the people who called out all the garbage that was taking place. But anybody who is a strict, like I only play on my phone, they didn't say shit. They've been putting up with that for over a decade. So that wasn't new for them. That that was just like, oh, well, this is just par for the course. Either I have the money to pay for this or I'm just going to have to grind for the rest of my goddamn life to finish the game. Yeah. For, for the overall gaming community, the standards are too low. Whereas in development, the standards for who they employ is too low. The standards for their... QA is too low. The fact that some of them don't even have fucking QA, which is very evident. <laughs> oh, and they fire entire swaths of them. You know, I've harped on this enough, but you know, that that's, that's why 
listeners, that's why there's so much frustration right now with the overall gaming community. That's why there's so much frustration even with us of and why we have such a down look on even the gaming industry for stuff that we used to love because we're kind of getting depressed over what's happening. But where we, when we look at that stuff, we look at indies, we look at independent titles being done by independent developers, stuff like Starship Troopers, which you played last night, which was a blast. As my, <laughs> like, it started out like I, I got to admit, like it started out like I was kind of like sketchy on it, and I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go because I'm not really big into builders, like, and you have to build like a base and shit like that. But then you get into the actual game. The tutorial doesn't really prepare you for the actual game at all. When you get into the actual game, it is a very different landscape, and it's fun. It's got a pretty decent community. You have really good, you have good gamers out there and you have people who are like, all right, I know my job. My job is to build the base. You have everyone else who's like, I know my job, my job, like my job is to like, so you have people who lay down the walls and stuff for the base areas. And you have other people like Josiah and I who walk around and make sure that everything is getting built by like this person laid down the, 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 basically the template for it. They moved on to lay down another template and we build it. So we go through and make sure and and hold the button the whole time while they're trying to set up the entire thing before we get swarmed. And our first game that we played together was actually pretty good. We we went through it went really smooth comparatively. So I played on launch night. And uh, I can tell you that the first round that we played together last night is the smoothest one that I've ever played. Yeah, it was unusually smooth. I, like it was unsettling a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the second one, the second round we played listeners, uh, technically the second round we played, we got kicked off because the game's still in early access. And even for a game that's early in access, a, a game that is early access and it still plays better than Jedi. From an indie beta or from an indie developer. Yeah, it's from a, a smaller developer. It's uh, I think it's Offworld Studios. Yeah. And uh, if you get on Steam and look at their developer page, the only other game that's on there is uh, Squad, which is another game that I've heard is fun, but I don't play multiplayer anymore. But yeah. this this game, um, Starship Troopers Extermination, is kind of changing my mind on that. Yeah. Because for a long time, my idea of what the multiplayer community is, is uh, well, everything's just turned into League of Legends, and I don't need to have racial slurs yelled at me every five seconds and be told to kill myself at the end of every round. Yeah, And the thing that's also helpful with this is the fact that since it's also PVE, you're not having to have player versus player and you're legitimately trying to help one another. Yeah. And trying to stay trying to keep everyone alive because it takes forever to extract. And yeah. you want to keep everyone alive because the more people you can keep alive, the more bullets you have, <laughs> the more guns you have. <laughs> everyone stays alive longer. The less people you have, the worst things get. So, uh, let's just, our second, so our second round, we got kicked off or I got kicked off because of server, uh, issue. The third round we did, uh, was going unbelievably smooth to start with until it was so someone acknowledged it. it was so unsettling. And then one person in our group goes, man, it is going unusually smooth. For- <laughs> what we should be experiencing i think they like i go oh man and just say goes he just had to say it (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah shit hit the fan we amazingly got actually reached the goal and uh josiah and i actually both made it to the extraction point but we both died outside the doors uh because there was just no like there was just no no getting around i mean there were so so many enemies i am half 
amazed that the carriers that come and pick you up don't explode from the amount of shit that was going on around us. Right. Like I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be a thing that they introduce later <laughs> of like, yeah, your, I, your, your extraction got blown up because you couldn't keep yourself safe and everyone else safe. <laughs> yeah. I'd be kind of curious about that because anytime I've made it to the extraction shuttle, I always stay right outside the door. Yeah. And uh, so I play a support gunner. And uh, so I always lay down, uh, you know, cover fire for the people that are running back to the ship because yeah. there's always a horde of bugs following them. Oh, yeah. So if I make it early enough, I always, you know, set up some defenses, you know, kind of clear the way for them. But most of the time I get eaten halfway yeah. there. Yeah. Listeners, you have no idea how unsettling that is to be running and having an arachnid on your ass because they can outrun you very quickly. Uh, it is it like you just you're, you're like you hear them behind you and you're just like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> you have to turn like there's a point where you absolutely have to turn around and start shooting them to slow them down. Otherwise, you are going to get ganked really quickly. Uh, and in my case, uh, when I was trying to get back to the extraction point, I was a I was a medic and I have the medic's ability has a UAV or a, uh, a UAV drone that can go around. Uh, and healing people. And uh, anyone that you come across. So it'll, if somebody gets down, it'll automatically pick them up. And I apparently came across Josiah and he died with, or he was, he was bleeding out with a whole bunch of arachnids around him. And I was trying to get around him and my UAV drone goes over and heals him <laughs> and picks him up off the ground. And I just hear them like, why would you pick me up? <laughs> thinking that somebody actually came and saved him and it was unintentionally it was me but it was really funny (laughs) it's just completely surrounded and it was just a dumpster fire uh going on around us it was so bad like we had so we had so many enemies it was insane oh dude when you picked me up i had enough time to stand up drop a grenade at my feet before i died (laughs) and then i got eaten again (laughs) So at least yeah. I got the satisfaction of taking a couple of them with me, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a blast. I've been singing this game's praises since, uh, what was it? Wednesday night when it Wednesday came night, out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's $25. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say I, I, I recommend it as well. Um, but that's like, you know, the, the reason why I brought it up is because that, that's an indie, that's an indie studio that's making a relatively small title. It's, fairly simple it's a fairly simple concept in in the grand scheme of things but it's it does what it's it's meant to do it's not it's not the most visually appealing game you'll ever see i'll i'll say that but it is i do think that will probably improve the further like the closer to full release that we get hopefully over time but based off what we played i have i have no expectations of this game getting worse no (laughs) whereas a triple a game at this point when it releases i have every expectation that it will launch shit it will be shit for a long time and it won't be fixed for several months if not years if not years you know any developers or or publishers out there if you hear this if your game is that crap just release it as early access even if it's a single player even if it's a story-driven game if you're going to do that crap and you're going to make us if you're going to make people pay seventy dollars for a unfinished title that is complete garbage and you know it you absolutely know it don't act like you don't don't make us pay 70 dollars or 
release it as early access and just tell people it's early access. We're, we're going to fix it as we go. Because right now, the way you guys are treating things is you're acting like a $70 game that is being a full release is early access. And we're like, well, no, no, no. You said this game was finished and it's not. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this before. I, if I want a game bad enough and it says early access on it, I have oh, that mentality going in of, oh, it's probably not going to work perfect. Yeah. I brought it up last night. I was like, man, the anti-aliasing in this game is trash and it's, it's pretty bad yeah. on some of the modeling, but immediately just saying goes, yeah, but it's early access. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fair. Uh, I'm like, I, st- I still think it needs to be, needs to be worked on, but it's fine for what it is. And it's not awful. It, in fact, in game, in the actual game, like uh, I think the thing I mo- I mostly noticed it on was the, uh, uh, when you're going through the loadout, the character modeling's just, not great. Yeah, when uh, when you're ass deep in bugs, but when you you're don't ass notice. deep in bugs, you're not going to give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be the last thing on your mind is whether or not you have good anti-aliasing. <laughs> so um, it's not the most uh, perfectly intuitive game. I think the tutorial kind of leaves up. Oh uh, yeah, the tutorial was trash. Yeah, the tutorial leaves something to be desired, uh, especially if you're playing on a controller, which I played on a controller last night. Uh, it works fine on a controller. Uh, in reality, it's you just have to learn where all the buttons are. And I suggest opening up like I had to do this uh, when we were like, well, when we when I was playing, I had to go and open up the the list menu of uh, the, the controls. I'm like, OK, I got to remember this shit because there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, For what each button, you know, for what each button does. And some of them are, are long presses. So. um, But yeah, it's, I. It's, it, it was, it was worth my time. I felt like it was absolutely worth the money. Uh, I, you know, I appreciated the gift from Josiah. So he would have somebody to play with. And that was kind of the reason why he did it. But I jumped in. I had a good time. It's a, it's a good experience. It's worth, I would say it's worth the 25 bucks. Um, I think it's only on PC. Right uh, now. So they said that they're concentrating on PC release yeah. first okay. and might move over to uh console. I think it would be a miss for the, a missed opportunity for them to not put it on console. Yeah, I eventually. agree. I mean, you know, fix, make everything Absolutely, yeah. functional uh, on PC first. That's why I say eventually. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in a year, yeah. year and a half. Yeah. Finish up your development, finish with the early or early, you know, uh, early access on PC. Once it goes to the official release, look at putting it on a, on a console. Cause I think that, uh, I think there's plenty of console players out there that would really enjoy it. And it is a, a lot of fun to hear other players on there speaking lines from the game or from the movie. And oh, it, it was, man. it was a good time, dude. dude. I had one guy, one wood guy that I was reviving. I almost cried. I was laughing so hard. I had to put my mic on mute. Cause I just burst out laughing. I'm reviving this guy, miles. And this guy goes, it's okay. I got to have you. <laughs> and I went, Oh my God. And I, I just started dying laughing. I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, dude. And I think that's one thing that I can say in defense of this, uh, this game is I think the community is a little older. Yeah. So there's more of a maturity factor to it. Yeah. Which, you know, goes back to, I haven't heard, you know, constant racial slurs and people telling me to kill myself. Anytime yeah. I hear anything on the chat, not hearing high pitched children. Yes. There, there's not whose balls haven't dropped. I haven't heard anybody <laughs> under the age of 25 
and uh, it's all quotes from the movies. It's yeah. either you're getting, hey, I need help over on this side, yep. or it's quotes from the movies. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a good, it's awesome. a good time. I so. played my first two days uh, with TeamSpeak off because, again, I've had terrible experiences with multiplayer communities. Yeah. Um, and I was telling you last night, I think I might actually turn TeamSpeak back on. Yeah, it was actually it was one of those <laughs> things where uh, I well I figured out which which, which button toggles uh, Team Chat and uh, and Open Chat, uh, so I'll be using that a lot more uh, in the game. Uh, it does toggle it, so you just you have to remember it's it's on and off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think when uh, when we play that, it'll it'll be a good thing to actually drop out of Discord and go into the uh, the actual game. Of course, I don't know if it uh. I don't know if it affects, uh, or if, if when you're chatting in discord, if I don't think it affects the, the in-game chat, I think you can just, you know, toggle it on an in-game and then toggle it back off and it'll work. Yeah. I haven't tested that yet. So we'll have to look into that, but, um, hopefully, and hopefully it doesn't double our, our voices to each other. Cause that would be annoying. Yeah. Um, otherwise we'll just have to drop out of discord entirely and just go straight to, uh, to game chat. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to see like like when miles you, you'd brought this up i think uh, the last time we had a podcast of uh we are when you when you said you know you, the rise of indies and everything like that and you've been saying that for years it wasn't because of the just because of the quality of triple a development games were going to be coming out because they were complete trash and broken uh on, on a mass level like that, it was because of, you know, pricing and because of content, uh, content. Yeah. Nothing was and being unique the, anymore. Nothing was, <clears throat> everything was going to fucking battle Royales and, uh, you know, things of that ilk. I was like, all right, so there's yeah. no creativity anymore when it comes to AAA. And, uh, yeah. you know, then those issues just started stacking, like, you know, with the, <laughs> how fucking buggy and unfinished everything is nowadays. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just so, only lent credence to that. Exactly. So it's, it, it's now turned into, instead of it being because of the lack of originality and, uh, uh, cost it's now, okay, well now you have a lack of originality cost. You also have the fact that games are coming out that are completely broken and we shouldn't expect high quality from what we expected high quality from anymore. I don't usually have so, to worry about and, some f- fucking agenda being shoved down my throat in an indie. Yeah. And instead with, <laughs> with an indie title, they're there to tell the story they're there to tell. If, it, if, if the story has to do with, okay, it's, it's got to do with the, you know, a couple who are in love with each other, regardless of like, regardless of, of gender or sex or anything like that that developer wanted to make that story and you can respect that as a gamer. You don't feel like this is being solely done to shove it down your throat. It's not being thrown in or change or changing a character specifically just to do, just to have that. Yep. Like with what happened recently with Aloy they're, they're the fucking, uh, uh, burning shores. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the DLC for the, for the latest horizon, uh, for West came out and people were upset over the fact that, turns out that Aloy is gay i always just assumed that you know she was bi because every fucking person wanted to get with her and you know she just didn't have any time for that um i mean she she like her pheromones just set everybody off apparently uh i always got that impression throughout the the entirety of the first game and even the second in in the second game because 
every fucking person wants to hit on her yeah, and every right. fucking person wants to get with her. And I'm like, all right, well, there must be something up with this chick that I'm not, that I'm not getting <laughs> like, 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 uh, she's one of my, she's, she's still one of my favorite, uh, protagonists, like new, newer protagonists. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I guess I get it. Like, but it's always, it always just kind of came out of nowhere because it always felt like I don't have, you know, this is a character that doesn't have time for romance. They don't have time for any of this shit. They have other crap they have to get done. And they are more focused on trying to save the world than make sure they have a relationship with someone. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, if you went into mass effect and you didn't have the over and over again dialogue with your, with your, your, uh, uh, crewmates and everything like that. If you didn't have that, cause you don't have that in, in horizon, uh, you don't have the over like over and over again, meeting with somebody doing their, doing their personal missions and stuff like that. You have here, you've met this person. You're going to do a couple missions for him. You're probably not going to see him for a long time. And then you're going to see him again later. That happens consistently throughout horizon. In Mass Effect, you're constantly going back to your crewmates. You're constantly with them. You're constantly having a conversation. So a friendship or even more builds up. Whereas with Aloy, none of that seems like stuff that should build up into a relationship. It always feels like, okay, we're both in this together. We both have to get shit done. That's about as far as this goes. Yeah, there was I. the only one character was the um, in the first one, the guy with the uh, the mohawk and the beard. Okay, he's the only character that you spend any significant time with. Yeah, comparatively to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. because he he's there for like what half the game. Yeah, and even then he's like, oh, I got to go back to my kingdom and fix some shit. Bye. Yeah. So he's gone for half the game. Yeah. And then I haven't gotten very far in the uh, the second one. I just we'll get more into this later. I just got my PS5 a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I had to start over. So I'm like an hour into the game Your save should transfer by the way yeah they didn't if you brought if you put it in the cloud absolutely i didn't i don't trust oh, the cloud that's fair <laughs> <laughs> it's the cloud it's the mysterious thing like you were we used to have those conversations years back god that was funny data goes out and then mine comes back in you can't explain that <laughs> like people people who didn't understand what the cloud was I, like fuck i think we actually have an early episode before you guys even we even were on the podcast from back in like 2011 we first started it uh this is back when we this is listeners this is back when we used to put out like 15 episodes a year uh (laughs) but uh i still i still remember having a conversation we were all dying laughing at the the fact that people didn't understand what cloud what the cloud meant like it was just like they they basically treated like it was the fucking force it was hysterical (laughs) magic no i just never had my saves back up to the cloud so that was my own fault that's all right uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's something that kind of struck people like, Oh, like suddenly she's suddenly you guys want her to throw be thrown into a gay relationship because this is the first, uh, only this is the first or the second character that she's spent more time with, <laughs> with than a couple of missions. And I, she still barely knows the person. And it's like one of those things like, okay, so you guys want, like you guys want them to have an intimate relationship and it doesn't make any sense. Like. I, I, I respected the fact that the developers at least left it as a choice to the gamer. Cause I've seen that I haven't gone, I haven't gone through the, the DLC yet. 
but I've seen the fact of like why people were, I understood why people were pissed off and I understand why people were like, eh, it's no big deal. In the end for me, it doesn't really matter because I can always choose whether or not she's in the relationship in the, in the first place, because the developers, thankfully, good job, gorilla gave you the choice of whether or not you wanted to have that relationship or have her in that relationship in the first place. It was the, the open door of you can do this. You cannot do this. You could just move the fuck on. You're not into it. And that was a great, that was a great thing of like, you should absolutely have that as a choice. If you're ever going to put that in game, it should be a choice for the player. Although the even better choice is to give us the option of being able to romance the other character throughout the entire, uh, the entire time they're together and making sure that we actually want to have that relationship even open to us in the first place, instead of it being kind of somewhat shoehorned in, which is kind of how they, they did it in this one. It's a little bit shoehorned in, uh, Anderson was talking about it. The fact that he didn't really appreciate that, uh, as a player, he wanted to be the entire decision, wanted to it to be up to him. Uh, since he's playing as Aloy, uh, and I can respect that. I think that's that's correct as well. Yeah, unlike uh, Ubisoft with the Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yes, <laughs> and that's exactly why I was bringing that up, Miles. Thank you, uh, because other developers have suddenly made that choice for you when it never even occurred to you of who this character was in that department, whether like what their sexual preference was or in Ubisoft's case, you chose that ahead of time and had may have been playing your character to a specific way, whether it be whether they were, they were gay or straight. And that's the way that you went through throughout that, that entire first portion of the game. And then they had a DLC where they forced you regardless of your choices through the entirety of the game. They forced you into a relationship to have a kid. And everyone went the fuck. And they tried to hide it behind. Oh, well, it has to happen for there to be uh, an ancestor. Like, no, you got rid of that fucking requirement. Fucking two games back. Easy. Like, no, no, no. You guys made you guys made that a non-existent thing with the way the the animus works now. All you need is because the genetic material. That's all you need. Exactly. Yeah, that was it. All you needed was a genetic material. You didn't have to have the same bloodline as somebody else because you weren't searching through genetic memories from yourself, from within yourself. You were searching through genetic memories from a sample that you had on hand. So uh, Ubisoft, we don't know anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It ended up becoming bullshit. So. Those are the th- like those are the things that we we appreciate is when a developer at least gives us a choice because you don't want to suddenly have that. But I I could totally understand why people were kind of upset about the fact like I don't you know I didn't see this person as that or this person you know I was playing as this per- as this person I didn't see them as this or I don't want them in a relationship because they don't have time for that crap. This isn't what I'm playing the game for. I'm not playing the game for for who can I end up in a relationship with? If I wanted that, I'd be doing a dating simulator. In in some of these cases, it's like, I just want to have a person who's not in a relationship who just wants to save the world. That's it. So yeah, people were kind of thrown off by the fact that this relationship was kind of shoehorned in of you've known this person for two days and you guys keep alluding through conversation about, Oh, we should be touchy feely. And Oh, you know, I could always do things with you. Like shit like that. Like that's kind of, it kind of feels like, you know, I, I, I don't see this. Like, I don't know where you guys are getting this from. Like I knowing this person for two days, come on. Nobody's got time for this. This is kind of bullshit. 
Uh, so yeah, I get why people were kind of upset over the, uh, the whole thing with, uh, with Aloy at the same time, I'm, I'm glad the developers gave that little bit of choice in there that should be in there. Uh, but also I don't appreciate it when it's insinuated by the developers or people who work on the project of, oh, well, I don't care what they think because I didn't make it for them. They can just be, they're, they'll just be bigots. I just ignore them. Fuck you. You're, you're making this game for gamers. You want to continue to sell your game. And saying shit like that, that's quickly going to turn us to go, eh, I'm not buying it now. You don't, don't fuck with your, with your player base. Don't fuck with your customers. That's it. And have we not learned this yet? Basic economics. Um, if you want to know my perspective of it, I kind of feel like you guys just threw it in there because you wanted a virtue signal. And that's honestly it. Like I, I respect Guerrilla Games a lot, and I love Aloy, but at the same time, I feel like this was just thrown in there because you guys wanted to be able to virtue signal and say, oh, look at us. We're supporting the alphabet community, too. And yeah, listeners, that that sounds really disrespectful the way I say that with alphabet community. But every couple of months they add something new to it. And I'm tired of saying the entire fucking thing. So, yeah, that's what you that's what you get stuck with. Sorry. But in this case, after talking with Anderson about it, yeah, it, it very much feels like they they just kind of went in and wrote their own fan fiction and, and tacked it on as a DLC. From the description you're giving me, it kind of sounds like uh, when J.K. Rowling tweeted that Dumbledore was yeah, gay. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly Dumbledore was gay, even though in the books it was always described as uh, he and his relationship with Grindelwald was always described as basically brothers. Like he was, he was the extension of family that he didn't have because he and his brother never really got along. Hmm. Yeah, and then suddenly sounds like best friends to me. <laughs> suddenly Aloy <laughs> is gay. gay. Yeah, suddenly there's this person's gay. Suddenly that person's gay. Uh, people were thrown off when, when it turned out Ellie was, was gay in, uh, the last of us, when they decided to turn around and retcon it with a DLC that takes place before the first game, uh, and made her gay. There are some people who were like, I saw the signs. Other people were like, I never saw this coming of, I didn't, I didn't understand it because part of the reason is because of the fact that she's, when, when she was giggling to herself, looking at a magazine filled with naked men. And some people were like, she, like, she was clearly okay. Like into that, like she thought it was, it was fun. And she was, she was looking through it. And that gave the indication to some people of like, clearly she's straight. Totally get it. (laughs) So when I saw that, I'm like, I understand why you guys see that. I understand why people were like, it completely threw me off because the, the DLC that came out after the game retcons it and takes it back to when she was, when she got bit. And her best friend, who she falls in love with in that DLC, it felt like for a lot of people, it came out of nowhere. And this kind of spawned this entire conversation of like, okay, the only good female protagonists they have now have to be ugly, like they have to do uglification where they have to make them uglier from previous versions of themselves with which people have said, have shown direct comparisons with that with Aloy, uh, to also, oh, but the only also uh, the only way they can also be a strong female character, strong female character, I put that in quotes, uh, strong female character in video games is and be the female protagonist is because oh well they have to be gay, they have to be a lesbian, so they have to butch them up, it, which is I, based off of what's happening recently. It, people have a legitimate argument for that's happening, but you know maybe we'll do another podcast where we'll we'll actually talk about that as an issue. For me, it didn't really matter. Because Ellie was still Ellie, and that's all I cared about was that Ellie was still Ellie. It pissed me off to no end, and two, 
not her relationships or anything like that, just how bad that fucking game was. <laughs> and I will never be able to get over it. I'm sorry I'm having to bring it up on the podcast because God, I hate that game so fucking much. Two two was so I don't I don't want to go into it. God, it's so mad. <laughs> yeah, you were mad enough that you didn't even finish it. Yep. I I wish I could have I wish I would have done what you did and not and finished stopped, it. Yeah. But my problem is I, we've talked about this before. Once I've sunk enough time into it, even if I'm furious with the game, I'm still going to finish it. Yeah, I get it. And I mean, I was pissed off with that game by, you know, four or five hours in, but you know, Oh, well I paid 60 bucks for it. I may as well see how it ends. And just kept getting increasingly angry towards the end of the game. Anyways, to, to get us back on track really quick. Um, not to not to keep harping on all this stuff, but to, since you brought up the the difficulty aspect, uh, you, uh, just the the sorry the difficulty aspect of of walking away from a game. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. there are certain games that I have that I that I've had to walk away from. Like they're just like as much as I want to keep playing this, I'm gonna have to walk away. Whether it be and that's the there's there's this thing of like whether it be for story or for uh you know, the fact that it's just too damn broken that you have to walk away from it. And I've had too many experiences like that where I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just, I I'm fine with not being finished. I'm fine with walking away. This is trash. I'm not putting up with this anymore. Then there's the newest thing that's come up for me, which is difficulty (laughs) in a game. And listeners, I don't know if this is my age showing. I mean, I'm, I'm 41 years old. I'm definitely past my manufacturer's warranty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My, my manufacturer's warranty is up so far. I'm just on borrowed time and it's a negotiation constantly with God. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm playing it, so like recently listeners, I've noticed like when I'm playing a game that, uh, and this, this kind of sort of, I guess kind of really started creeping up in uh God of war. So, with God of War Ragnarok, I I had before I played Ragnarok, I went through and played through the first or through a uh, 2008 or 18 again. Went through it on normal, uh, got through it, got through it on uh, New Game Plus. Um, did just fine. Uh, the Valkyrie Queen is still a bitch, and I fucking hate that person. <laughs> uh, in both games, I should say. But uh, when I got into two. I just had to go through two and miles and I kind of talked about this when we did the first review for uh, God of War Ragnarok was the fact that it felt like the difficulty was stepped up way too much. Like we had, we, we played the first game, played it on normal. It was, it was, it was difficult, but it wasn't difficult to the point where I was just like, fuck, this is just not fun. And two, there were certain enemies that just felt broken. Like you couldn't do damage to them. You couldn't get through their, you couldn't get through their, their armor, you know, specifically the travelers were a fucking bitch. Uh, And then you had the berserkers, which basically took play or took over the place of the Valkyries. Um, And it all felt way more difficult in the first game. It felt like Kratos got nerfed going into it. And I sat there and we like, I, I got through roughly half the game on normal and finally went fuck this i'm just not having fun i don't feel like i'm kratos i don't feel like i'm god i am don't feel like i am the god of war i'm gonna knock it down a notch knocked it down and it is like a night and day difference in difficulty when you knock it down from normal 
to just the first easy mode, not the not this give me story, but the first easy mode in that game. It is insane how much of a dip it was of, okay, this is actually fun. Like I'm wrecking shop. It's not, uh, you know, there was, there were times where it were in some cases it felt too easy, but in other times where I was like, all right, well, if I step it up to the normal difficulty again, it just instantly becomes ridiculously hard all at once. So I had that experience, went through the game, had it, had a much more fun at the, the first, you know, the, the regular easy mode, uh, than I did on the regular mode. So, okay, well that's, that's kind of unusual for me, but you know, nothing, uh, nothing out of the order or nothing too big of a deal. Cause I mean, you know, maybe it's just that game. And like, that's why I was like, I don't know if it's age or what that's catching up on me, but like, I don't think it is because I've gone through and played other games on normal again and I'm fine. Things are okay. I don't need to drop down the difficulty and that's through entire franchises. I go into to horizon forbidden West and I feel the same way again. I feel like the difficulty from horizon zero dawn to horizon forbidden West is too steep. Uh, forbidden West. Like you go in and you have, you like you should be going into Forbidden West with decent gear, with effective gear, and you're fighting the same enemies you've been fighting in the first game. But you go in with defective, like what feels like defective gear, what feels like ineffective uh, arrows and weaponry. Well, that gets explained at the very beginning of the game. She says, you know, she fell into a river and lost most of her gear trying to get back out. Still, when you're when you have like you when you do that, you don't lose the knowledge you had on how to build that shit. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That's where I was going to go mean, with this. Is- I mean, it would have it would have made more sense if Aloy had knocked her head and you know fucking had amnesia or something like that. Then yeah, I'd be like, okay, I can buy a little bit of this. But the fact is, is like the arrows are less effective. The weapons are the weaponry is less effective. You can't like I know that things are supposed to be like you're basically starting over like Metroid. But if you're going to do something like that, then you should be introducing us into directly into the new area and enemies and in your enemy types should completely change and just say the entire area is far more hostile or, or harder to deal with because of differences in like, it, they could have even tied it in to, to lore of like the, uh, the cauldrons saying that the cauldrons started making heavier armored, uh, enemies. Yeah. The machine then, learned from the yeah, ass kicking you exactly. gave it last time. Bingo. That's exactly what I'm getting at, but it's never explained in any kind of meaningful way for me to go. I, I get why this is happening. On top of that, when I go back, when I, when I went back, cause I thought I was crazy. I went back and started playing, uh, uh, horizon zero dawn and in horizon zero dawn, I, even at the lower, even at the lower levels, the starting levels, I feel more effective in that game than I do in this, the, the sequel, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Which is probably why I've been having a hard time getting back into it. It's very, yeah, it's very hard to want to continue to play it for one, because of the one, the increased difficulty, the feeling that you are ineffective or inefficient at at the game, wholly compared to the first game, you've gone through the first game, you played through it. You should be, you should be at least it's going to be a learning curve again because you're having to relearn mechanics. Right. Yeah. I totally understand that. But once you've been playing for several hours, you should be pretty well versed and should be able to actually handle yourself pretty well. 
but God, you're getting shit. Like you're getting the sh- your shit pounded in by mobs and fucking human mobs for that sake or yeah. for, for that, for that matter too. So yeah. And the humans were always the easiest enemies to deal with in that. Exactly. Game. Like I sat there and I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I'm starting to get this, get to the point where I'm like, you know what? If the game's not fun right away, if I'm not having a good time, I will instantly, I'm going to start instantly dropping the difficulty level because I don't want to have to put up with that shit. I want to have a good time. I'm playing this game for the story for a good time. I'm not playing this game because it's Elden Ring. Right. If I want to play Elden Ring, I'll go back and play Elden Ring. I played 285 hours of that. Literally, listeners. The, the, one of the highest played games I have on my Steam account right now. And I'm still waiting to be able to do uh, the, the full-on co-op with the guys. Yes, please get me unstuck from Rodan. <laughs> but it is when you when you play through that game and you you spend as much time as you as I did in that game, I went in knowing I was going to be doing that. I knew I knew I was going to be grinding the shit out of that game to tr- to try and accomplish. Sorry, to try and accomplish anything because. I knew I was going into a Souls game and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I sat there the entire, the entire time I played every single fucking boss fight or fight I went into. I'm like, ah, oh, I might get my shit pushed. <laughs> so yeah, there were certain things I had to think about strategically. I had to change up some of my tactics and a lot of stuff, especially for the dragons. Uh, fuck, there's one, the first dragon I killed, I killed from a distance with an arrow the entire time <laughs> and it was shit and I was terrible. Because that's all I could do. And the only reason I did that was because I was too goddamn stubborn to go someplace else. I was like, no, I'm going to kill this guy. And it took me, it took me a long time <laughs> to do it. But I whittled him down. I whittled him down into nothing. <laughs> he should feel ashamed of himself for the amount of fucking acupuncture I gave him. <laughs> for just sitting there basically, and taking yeah, it. Basically, like, well, like if you shot him once, like it instantly started coming over to you to fuck with you. Like, yeah, I, there was a lot of stuff I had to do to, to stay away from him because <laughs> it's a dragon. And it, it's the the thing in that game is dragons. Like they have an arena that they have to stay in, but their arena is typically very big. Yeah, <laughs> they, they can fly around. They can go to different places. And if you want to get away from them, you can't go too far because if you do go too far, it respawns them and you've just lost all your progress. Um, it's not a, uh, not a, cons- uh, not a, uh, infinite, um, uh, uh, I don't know, life bar, uh, or just, just doesn't say consistent. So like it's if you walk away from an enemy, too, enemy too long, yeah, it, it, it'll like whatever damage you did to him, you lose that. Yeah. So you're starting from square one. I found that out several times. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I kind of had to cheese, cheese it on that one. And there are a few other fights that I had to cheese, but there was nothing in the game that says I couldn't. And that was kind of the reason why they made it so, so big of an open world to begin with. Uh, and why, when you went into a actual boss fight, like a serious boss fight that wasn't in the open world, there's a reason why they had the fog doors too of, we're going to put you in an arena. You're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with this shit. Like this yeah. isn't, this isn't a, you're going to run away, fight another day. This is a, you're, you're stuck here with yeah. this person and you should fight. Yeah. And if you are not, let me solo her. You're stuck with that per you're, you're stuck with that enemy. Yeah. <laughs> you're stuck in there with them. Um, it's not the other way around. 
Whereas if, if you are, let me solo her, then they're stuck in there with you and <laughs> they're fucked. <laughs> that guy's a fucking legend. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm more inclined to just go ahead and drop the difficulty on a lot of games. And uh, I'd rather, cause I'd rather have a good time and I'd rather enjoy the story. And that's what I'm in there in there for. And some people like, I don't know. I don't know. Some people might look down on like might look down on me for that. And that's fine. Um, you know, I'm not you, you're not me. And that's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> uh, you might be in it for the challenge. That's not why I play video games all the time. Yeah. I'm the same way. I started, um, Oh, what was it? When I started uh Jedi fallen order, I, yeah. uh, bumped the difficulty down Yeah, and, uh, I, yeah, because we were in a uh, group chat. Yeah. And you told me, you're like, dude, just just bump it down one. Yeah. And then after that, I started doing that for more games. I'm like, oh, yeah, if, if I'm not having fun, I shouldn't. This yeah. isn't the days it, of I'm doing it for the challenge. This is, oh, I'm doing this because I want to have fun because yeah. I had a shitty week. Yeah, I'm too. Yeah, I'm too. <laughs> I'm too old to care uh, or brag about, oh, I beat it on normal or I beat it on hard. I mean, like. I used to sit there and be like, yeah, man, I beat him on the God mode. And now I look at him like, God, why the fuck did I do that to myself? Cause I remember <laughs> how much fucking hate I had for, for the game when I was doing it, because there were times where like I'd die 50, 60 times just trying to take out, you know, one, you know, one main boss. And it was just a learning, you know, it was a learning curve. And it's just one of those things of like, yeah, listeners, if I died that much, yeah, clearly I shouldn't have been doing it because I'm not that good, but I still did it. <laughs> And that was the thing. It was like, that was the whole reason why I was doing it. It was so I could sit there and say, I still did it. I did this. And that was why I was doing it. But when I look back on the game, the thing that I, the thing that I remember most is not that I did that difficult task. It was that I enjoyed this story. This story is really good. So when I go back and play them, do I play them on those modes? Nope. I just want to have a good time. I want to enjoy the story. So I leave it on normal or I drop it down one more notch and go, I just want to blaze through this and have a good time. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I think the last game that I actually enjoyed doing uh, a large difficulty bump on was probably like Halo ODST. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because that was, that was part of the fun of the game initially anyways, because you weren't a Spartan. Like you were a Marine taking on the same. Yeah, it was already harder. Yeah, you were you were taking on the same enemies that the chief does and trying to yeah. kick just as much ass. Uh, but yeah, I mean, life has enough frustrations, especially as you get older and older. Like, I don't want to play games to be frustrated. I don't want to play this no. to be angry. <laughs> No, when I was playing through Jedi Survivor, uh, I started out on normal and I was actually like, that's the funny thing I was telling the guys, like I was, I was beating the shit out of everything. I was like, all right, am I, am I too good at this game? Like what the hell's going on? And then I got killed by a mob of enemies and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot you die from a lot of bullshit in this game. <laughs> and that's the same way for Jedi, for Jedi Fallen Order. So, uh, typically it wasn't the boss fights that would actually get me. Um, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of times where I got myself into shit because I explore too much and I tend to get myself into boss fights. I should not have, which miles heard me ha her heard happen when I was in uh, Jedi survivor, I came across a rancor and I was like, all right, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be able to beat this. Thing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was pushing my shit in every fucking time. It would one shot me when I'd go in there. I was like, all right, well, this is, this is not going to happen right away. 
Uh, this is something I'm, I'm either going to have to come back for, or I'm going to need to bump down the difficulty and see what happens. So I bumped it down one notch, wrecked him with a, with just one notch of, of the difficulty. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, it's going to be, this is going to be one of those things where I go, okay, do I keep playing it on normal or do I drop down the difficulty? So I played it on normal for quite a while. Um, it wasn't that I wasn't having difficulty or that I was having difficulty in the game, but I ended up dropping it down one more notch because it still felt like when I was playing the game, it still felt like Cal was, I think part of it was, so I started out with, with the normal and I, and I was wrecking shop. Right. And I think that part of that has to do with the fact that they did a good job of they, they this is a, this is a nice thing I'm going to say about you respawn. <laughs> so listen up. You actually did a good job with the balance at the beginning when you're playing on uh, in the game and the fact of Cal is a Jedi Knight. He's not still learning or remembering the force at this point. He's somebody who has the skills and the skill set that he should. Now, granted, I still feel like uh, you nerfed some of the skill tree on it, but that's just me. And part, you know, part of that has to do with the fact of maybe that just has to do with the, you know, needing to attain new abilities. Right. But overall he's supposed to be more capable. So yeah, it should feel like he's more capable as a Jedi Knight. But at the same time, as I was going throughout the game, uh, I also felt like my, or like Cal wasn't really growing. Like he wasn't getting stronger. We, even with the skill trees, like there's nothing in it that felt like, he was becoming even more of a badass and becoming closer to being what would be a Jedi master or anything like that, or even just being coming more proficient with his, within his own skills uh, because everything just solely rested on me and how consistent I stayed with being able to pick up his, like his uh, move sets. And so there was this limitation on my end. So in the end, I just kind of felt like I wasn't getting stronger. Like, when you play in God of War, Kratos gets stronger. He gets new abilities. He becomes more more proficient. And in this, you that doesn't really happen. And the more enemies you encounter, the the further in you in you go, the longer it takes to to. It feels like the longer it takes to kill a lot of them, uh, or in some cases you you get completely surrounded. And it's just like you know what, I don't really have time for this. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this. I'm just gonna, you know, I'd rather blaze through it instead. It, yeah, and I mean, it also didn't help that uh, you have obligated boss fights that are forced. You, you, they force you to fail, regardless of how much you're, you know, you're kicking their ass or anything like that. So I just felt like, you know what? I rather than dragging this stuff out, I'm just gonna lower the difficulty and and blaze through this. And I'd, I'd rather have a good time with the majority of the game than kind of put up with the nonsense. You know, you, you combine that with the amount of platforming and exploration that there is in the game. It's just, you know, I'd I'd rather just speed things up. <laughs> so drop the difficulty down, keep going. You know, and some some of you might be going, well, why didn't you, you know, you, you didn't feel that way about Elden Ring. Well, there's no way to drop the difficulty down in Elden Ring. There's nothing you can do about it. But at the same time, when you buy those games, you know what you're getting into. You know what you're buying it for. You're you're buying it for part of the challenge. And the other thing is, you know, they created a game that was really compelling enough for me to want to go through and for me to want to get good at. And if I didn't get good at, then I was grinding and I was going to make sure that I was going to build my character up enough to be able to get through it. And, you know, from software actually created a, a pretty decent open world for me to be able to do that in. 
Um, and you know, you compare that with their older games, their other games that they've made, uh, like dark souls, it's far Elden rings, far more approachable and accommodating to player to, to everyday players than it is, you know, than they've ever been in the past. But, uh, you know, this is, this is something that's, that's gotta be weighed in by, by me, at least at this point as a gamer, like, am I having a good enough time? Am I having a good enough time to, to put up with this or do I just abandon it? Or do I lower the difficulty if I can lower the difficulty? And in this case, I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just lower the difficulty and, and, and blaze through it, especially since, you know, the story's just, the story's okay, but it's not enough to, for me to justify like ever saying like, yeah, you have to buy this game or yeah, it's a must buy. It's just okay. Uh, overall, it has a lot of lore breaking bullshit and the forced failures in boss fights. The fact that you have four of those, uh, and, uh, yeah, just one of them is literally like, you're going into it with the impossible task because you know, you're not going to win. Uh, it's complete, it's complete horseshit. Shouldn't have even been an issue that that boss fight shouldn't have even existed. Should have just been a cutscene. But anyways, um, there's an absolute difference in what I expect from a from software game versus what I expect from somebody else. And, uh, especially if it's a franchise. So if I'm going from one game to the next, I have a different expectation for difficulty. Right. And, and lately I feel like newer games are just like, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to ramp up the difficulty from this one to this one because we saw what they did with Elden Ring and people love that. And, uh, it, you guys aren't the same. Don't, don't try to correlate one to the next. That game, I have an understanding of this is what it is. But that's the difference <laughs> is when you're going into a from software game, you go in with the, the knowledge of I am going into a game that is going to require me to learn this. I'm going to have to get good. It's going to take me a while. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you guys are going to think of Armored Core 6. If and any of you guys are going to pick like, this up. I'm, I'm, I, I really want to play Armored Core 6. I really want to try it. Uh, but I know for a fact that the Armored Core series is known for being very unforgiving. Yeah, so, because it's a from software game and it plays very differently from anything else they've ever made. And that's what I was going to say. Everybody thinks that Elder uh Dark Souls was the first uh, you know, just dick ringingly hard game. No, Armored Core was there way before. Oh yeah. And it it was they're very different titles yeah. in the way they play, but they're very similar in that you're going to learn and it's going to hurt the entire time you're learning. Yeah. And they showed like when they showed off that, uh, that gameplay trailer, have you seen that, right? The, the gameplay trailer. I was the one that posted it in the chat. Right? Okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> no, did I've you see it? it. <laughs> yeah. But did, but did you, but I need to know, did you see it with your eyes? Yes. Did you yes, feel I it did. with your soul? I don't um, have one of those anymore, but that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's been replaced. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 gameplay trailer looked awesome. I was like, God, this looks amazing. Uh, let's hope it has a good PC port. And because here's one thing that I I want to say about this. I feel like From Software is doing it right the way that we used to expect from game developers. Game announcement comes out. Hey, you've only got to wait six months. Game comes out. Yeah. Instead well, of this, it's, it's game trailer comes out. You only have to wait six months. Here's gameplay within like a month of it being shown. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks 
functional and polished versus, versus this what point. everyone else with e or with triple a titles it's been here's the game trailer six seven months later here's some gameplay it looks like shit so it blew my Games fucking mind later this year yeah it blew my fucking <laughs> mind with fallout 4 because we had the announcement and I'm like yeah it's out next month i'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> yeah that was great yeah yeah, out in November, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you you know you show like the the majority of AAA titles has been like that. Like like they show off the trailer like several months later, even in some cases a year later, you finally see some gameplay, and then they're like, all right, it's going to come out later. It's going to come out maybe later this year, and then we all go, okay, whatever, that's going to be delayed. And then let's say they say the next year you don't see any gameplay from it. Then you finally see some gameplay from it. And then we all decide whether or not the gameplay looks good. Uh, and then they decide whether or not they need to, uh, you know, uh, delay the title again because it, whether or not fan reaction is good. I mean, look at fucking Halo <laughs> uh, for that. But it, yeah, I mean, in this case, it's like, this is our game. This is what we set out to do. It's supposed to hit the same quality standards we've set for every other game we've made. This is what it looks like. It's coming out in six months. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I expect anything to do. I like, I expect the same thing from movies. I don't expect to see a trailer from a movie and then one year later, get the film finally. <laughs> uh Although in some cases, some films are like that, where you, you get a trailer, then you get another 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 trailer. By the time you've gotten to the movie, you actually know everything that's going to happen. And you go see the movie, you go, wow, everything that was in the movie was in the trailer. I didn't need to spend my time on this. I could have just watched two, you know, two, three minutes of film <laughs> and gotten the entire film on it. And don't get me wrong. I like sometimes when you'll get like, a trailer and then it tells you like when uh, what they did with Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Hey, we're working on Spider-Man 2. Here's a teaser trailer. Yeah, it's an announcement trailer of like yeah. hey, this is being worked on. We haven't worked on it. We haven't made the game yet. It's still being in development or it's too early to show off the actual game, but here's here's what we're here's along the lines of what we're going. With. Yeah, we just want to let you know this yeah. is what we're doing. I don't mind that most of the time. No. I don't take, I, but we also, we're also at the age where we don't take any of that stuff absolutely seriously because we know anything can change in development. <laughs> right. So we just kind of go, all right, well, that's cool. Hopefully Venom's still in it. <laughs> uh, I would assume he still is, but um, yeah, versus, you know, versus the, you know, the other parts of the community, they're like, oh my God, that puddle isn't there anymore. They got rid of all in-game reflections. <laughs> That was so fucking mind-bogglingly stupid, that argument. Yeah, that was so dumb. <laughs> They've downplayed the graphics. Do you see all the puddles are gone? N no. <laughs> it's not. It's actually It's actually in a higher fidelity than it was in the trailer, so... Uh, yeah, if you're concentrating on puddles on the ground, you're concentrating on the wrong, wrong things. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's It's... You know, it's one of those things of like, I have an expectation from, from software. I have an expectation of them to put out a good game. Now, do I have the same expectation, ex expectation for their PC port after what happened with Elden Ring, which was pretty buggy when it came out, wasn't, wasn't unplayable, but it was buggy. And, uh, we had a hell of a time trying to get rid of the stutter from, from the frame timings. 
because of shooter compilation. Now, hopefully, and this is a huge hopefully uh, from software, has learned from that experience and has turned around and be like, all right, we're going to apply a fix now so that this does not occur with our new title going forward. Um, and hopefully that's the case. I mean, they don't even have to get rid of it entirely at launch. Just yeah. lessen it and I'll be happy. Yeah. Just don't make sure or, you know, make sure that I'm not uh, stuttering every, you know, 30 paces. Right. Or turning the camera around. <laughs> God, I can't wait for that game. <laughs> uh, so there's, you know, there's some other news uh, that's been going around. Um, I mean, supposedly Konami is getting back into making games again. There's uh, the fact that they're bringing out the uh, Silent Hill remastered. They're coming out with the. Uh, there is a massive rumor going around that uh, Metal, Gear, Metal Gear Solid Three is going to get a remaster for Konami. Um, if it does, cool. I feel like Konami kind of burned for me. Konami kind of burned all their bridges with, with regards to the metal gear series with what happened with uh, Kojima. So I don't know if I'd actually pick it up. Yeah. I mean, I said I'd never buy another Konami game again after what happened, but I mean, if it comes out and it's functional, I, I've said this before. I, there's always a footnote in my, blanket bands of a company of yeah. if they bring this back then i'll probably buy it but i won't buy anything new yeah um i don't know if they do i might pick it up if it's functional but yeah. i mean i'd really like to see four come back um i'd what? like to see a re i'd like to see a rematch i'd honestly i'd like to see a remaster of uh the first four games yeah well that's what i'm saying it's everybody always says oh you know i want one two and three and i'm like i i want all four yeah in, in regards to the first game i'm specifically referring to twin snakes um because the the gamecube uh remaster was fucking awesome and i would also like a uh remake of metal gear online 2 that was probably one of the more never played it. It was probably one of my most fun, uh, online multiplayer games I'd played. Okay. It was a blast. Um, until everybody figured out how to hack their systems and then you'd get (laughs) grenades that would float at eye level and then turn a corner and follow you. Yeah. Directly towards you. Yeah. Um, sure. We're still good. So, Miles, you've been playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of difficulty, <laughs> uh, I, it was it was pretty rough starting. Uh, I was getting fucking one shot at my trash mobs, and uh, which literally has never happened in any other Zelda game I've ever played. Uh, but. Uh, after I got some some better gear, I ran into that far far less. I still run into some enemies that can really fuck me up in one or two hits, uh, and they kind of do the region gating where, like, all right, enemies in this area are going to be much tougher, although visibly they're going to be exactly the same as they were in previous areas. Gotcha. Um, and 
that's also something that I don't remember ever happening in a Zelda game. Um, uh, it's been so long since I've played uh, Breath of the Wild, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember there being like enemies that would be more difficult to fight because of mechanics, but yeah. not necessarily, oh, they do more damage and they just take more uh, you know, hits to kill. Okay. Like usually it was like, oh, well, you have to hit them with this and then follow it up with a, a sword strike. You know, and they're like, okay, yeah, get it. You know, it's, it's difficult because I need this piece of equipment. Um, I really feel like they jumped on the bandwagon of, you know, Forbidden West, Golden, uh, Golden, <laughs> God of War, uh, Elden Ring, uh, where it's just ramping up the difficulty to try to be a challenge. And, you know, yeah. the Zelda game, you can't change the difficulty level. Yeah, everybody, um, everybody seemingly wants to be Dark Souls. Like, yeah, like I we, we got to make it harder. We got to make it harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, once I got better gear, it's not to the same. I think out of all of them, it's the least uh, in the grand scheme of things. Okay. Um, but you know, other than that, the game's good. Like I got it for for the 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 two for one voucher. So technically, I got it for fifty bucks. I think. Okay. Um, and I'd say it's, it's certainly worth that. I think it's, I think it's more fun to play than breath of the wild was, but it is still technically more of the same. Um, you know, I was talking with Vargo about this earlier when I, when I was first playing it, like it's not a bad game. Like it is a bad Zelda game. Like everything that made, uh, gave, gave Zelda games, their identity has almost been stripped away in this. Like there's tons of reference just not the feel. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a weird, like, so that like listeners, we realize that's kind of a controversial statement and people are like, Oh, I can't yeah. believe it. Like it's, this is the best Zelda game series. You are welcome to think so because that is right. your opinion. Uh, but here's the thing. I have to agree with you miles on the fact that it is, it's, is it's link transported into a different game, into a different RPG. Yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely. It's Link and all the characters thrown into Skyrim. It's Link and all those characters thrown into Elden Ring. It's Link and all those characters thrown into Dark Souls. Like it is, it's a different, it feels like a completely different kind of animal. And yeah, it gets, it gets bloated. It it wants to be more open world RPG than action adventure, you know, that Zelda games always have been. And that's, Uh, I I pointed out to you with the, yeah, and I pointed out to you the other day with the bloat. Like, at one point in time, I had 116 different materials in the game. Like not, and that's not counting the Zonai de- devices that you can attach to stuff because that's another 25, 30 items. Yeah, uh, that's not counting weapons. That's not counting shields. That's not counting. There's just materials. Yeah. Like you have too much shit in your game. Like there's no reason to have this many items. Yeah. yeah, like I get you're trying to make things really immersive, but like, why do I need four different ingredients that accomplish the same exact thing? Yep. Yeah, I don't. I just why don't. is why is cooking still as tedious as in the first game? Yeah, yeah, you have to go in, open your menu every single time. Yep. Like you can't just you know fast track this shit. You know, there's no cookbook. There's 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 a lot of quality of life fixes that really easily should have been implemented and just weren't. Um, I do feel like it's, uh, you know, 
one of our concerns immediately uh, was that it was just going to be a uh, reused and reskinned uh, Breath of the Wild. That is exactly and, what I thought was going to happen. Like, oh, yeah. I, I and, think and, I, I and literally our, said that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And in some ways it still is, you know, especially when it comes to functionality and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's going to be some, there's going to be some, I realize there's going to be some parts of that because there's going to be a lot of, given the fact that it's still yeah. in the switch, there's going to be a lot of reused assets. Yeah. And I mean, shit, I think it's the only, uh, true, uh, direct sequel to any Zelda game. Um, so you're going to have a lot of the same stuff. Uh, the, the map in general, the world in general, you can tell it's still the high rule from before, but, uh, they've gone through and put uh, enough, you know, locations and activities and uh, jacked up geography in there to make yeah. it feel different. Um, okay. And, and this is also including that you have, you know, a sky world to explore, albeit kind of sparse. Uh, it is another plane of existence to, you know, go adventuring in. And it's the same thing for the uh, depths. Uh, the depths span almost the entire map that the the land map does, with the exceptions of large bodies of water. Those tend to just be walled off areas, um, and that presents a challenge that's you know interesting because you go in there, you don't have any light, so you have to burn through a lot of resources just to explore the depths. And if you take damage, you can't get those hearts back unless you expose yourself to uh, sunlight, essentially. Gotcha. Um, or if you have certain meals or whatever. So it's, it's an interesting concept and it's, it's fun to a degree. Like I went down there for the first mission and I was done with the first mission, probably about 15, 20 minutes. And then I spent the next four or five hours in the depths, not turning in that mission, just exploring. Um, so exploration games, uh, aspect of it. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's always I'm starting to hit that that wall of all right. I've seen just about everything. I really need to start moving forward with the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, and in the same concept with the bloat, while there is more stuff to do, uh, there is a shit ton of side quests. Like it's practically a Fallout game at this point. Okay. But it the the difficulty is definitely ramped up though. But from any of the previous Zeldas. So question in regards to the story, where do you think this takes place? Uh, Cause you mentioned the, the introduction of the, uh, the sky uh, realm. Yeah. It. Um, I, is it before? Is it, do you think it's before Skyward Sword? I, d here's the thing. I don't know. Like I have a book that breaks down the entire timeline, but since that book came out, I think like oh, yeah. two or three games, the, the history out. of Hyrule. <laughs> yeah. The history of Hyrule yeah. does not, doesn't doesn't equate to it anymore because it's missing several games now. Well, um, and even even with that book, it you know it acknowledges that there's two timelines, right? And yeah. I don't even know if that's still the case. I, it might be three fucking timelines now, for all I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly don't know. Uh, there is reference. Uh, I don't really want to say reference. It's more like Easter eggs to all the previous games. You know, as far as like outfits or little side jokes or mentions and you know, those are neat, but nothing of any real historic relevance. I mean, yeah. the shit, the Triforce hasn't been mentioned once at all in the game. Interesting. Or really even depicted outside of like 
uh, Hyrule Castle. Yeah. Hmm. So it, like I said, it's. I think it's a bad Zelda game, but it's still a fun game. Yeah, if it was attached to any other, like if it wasn't like a, a Zelda game, it was actually just a different franchise, uh, yeah. different you know, different game entire, different game entirely, different protagonist and all that stuff. It would still be good, and it would, it, but it would be yeah. something different. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that feels like it's a different game clinging on to someone else's identity. Yeah, I, uh, it does suffer so. from being on the Switch, though. I mean. <laughs> It, the switch isn't that well, old, you know, that but... switch pro is eventually coming out. So. <laughs> I, I don't think that would improve it in all that much, honestly, um, since they're, you know, kind of struggling to get it to perform well on PCs. Um, what? Uh, uh, Tears of the kingdom. Uh, I keep seeing stories left and Huh? It can't run on a PC. Uh, yeah you can through emulators are oh, you talking about the emulator okay yeah yeah there uh, people have been uh, i've i've been seeing stories left and right about people uh having troubles trying to get it to function properly well part uh, of that has to do with the fact know, that have, the, have, the emulator itself is limited to whatever the physical aspects of the switch right. are it can't it can't call on more resources because that's not gotcha. how an emulator works gotcha. um but I mean, yeah, you're you're running a game, this game, on something that is less powerful than a lot of smartphones that are out now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, you you have to deal with that. Like most of the time, I don't have really any issues other than you know, obviously, I have a, a lower frame rate than what I've now become accustomed to, um, as well as fidelity. Uh, when I stepped out of out into the sunlight for the first time in the game, like everything was super washed out. I was like, this looks fucking terrible. And uh, I made it down to the ground level and normal day cycle and it wasn't as bad. But well, I mean, look um, at like, look at the tech that's in that's in this switch. I mean, it's not exactly cheap. Um, the console itself isn't even exactly cheap. It's no. cheaper than than I think what you know, what we currently have. Yeah, obviously. But. If it were to ever try to match, not even not even what we currently have, but match even like let's say it's a Steam Deck, like trying trying to have just just having that much power in it, mm-hmm. uh, to get the full use out of a Steam Deck, cost wise, in my opinion, you can't start at the base cost for it because you're you're going to want that 512 gig hard drive, right? So even even if they were to just say make a steam deck themselves it would still cost around 5 600 bucks i mean the tech that has to go into a handheld like that isn't cheap and right. the 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 cpus that the the fucking uh usually it's an apu but the the chips that they have to use for using that have to be typically customly like custom made they're not you know they're they're not on the the cheap end of things and on top of that they have the other issue of trying to keep things cool so it's not overheating yeah. in your hand and i mean azus just came out with the rog uh, the uh, the rog ally uh and that is a impressive piece of tech but its battery is trash why because mm-hmm. it's more powerful than than valve steam deck and there are still things that the steam deck does better than the rog ally and it's older than the rock ally so and and i mean freaking steam has made this statement of like the, it's going to be a while before they come out with another steam deck 
So they're going right. to be running off of that for quite a while. And the Steam Deck can already is already getting surpassed on tech or from from a tech a- aspect for video games. Like Returnal runs like shit on it. Uh, Last of Us runs. Eh, it runs OK. Uh, it's not great. Um, yeah, it's enough have, of a difference that they have to put a category on on each of the the uh, titles on how well or if it even functions on Steam. Yeah. Steam Deck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they 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 have to make like that kind of it's like an asterisk of like yeah it'll run on it but it's not going to run great. Uh, right. So I'm I'm sitting there going all right well you know I'm curious how Nintendo is going to ever get past that of they have to make something more they have to make something one more expensive they have to make something uh, more powerful without making it the cost of the what cell phones do cost nowadays correct and that's exactly what i'm getting i was like you know you you go out and buy a cell phone cell phones you know going to be sick you know what like six to nine hundred dollars if you're going to buy something that's uh on par with current technology and the the, these phones are literally you know two times more powerful than a switch yeah but they're they're they cost it too Right. <laughs> it costs two times more. So for a switch to, to somebody sit there and say, I'm not going to pay $600 for a Nintendo. Well, what will you pay? What's, what's the, what's the reasonable ask from Nintendo's side of things? <laughs> Maybe Nintendo should get into uh <laughs> cell phone development. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No. Um, I don't want to play my next fire emblem game on my phone. No, yeah. no, thank you. Uh, but the thing is, you you are. It's just it doesn't fucking have communication. Yeah, it just doesn't have communications on it, <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things of like I, I'm curious like how Nintendo's gonna get past that. And the funny thing is, they've made the statement of like a lot of people are like, oh well, the Nintendo's already said that they're they're not making another they're not making the Switch too. I'm like, ah, I guarantee you, Nintendo's already making the Switch too. They they've already been oh, yeah. looking into that for at least the last year. The Switch Pro was never going to be a thing. I that's why I always laughed at it. Anytime there was fucking rumors about it, made me made me crack up. You can ask the guys. I was losing my mind over it uh, for a while because every fucking week it was like, oh, the new Switch Pro. Uh, I'm like, fuck you guys. It's never going to happen. Um, and part of that's also out of resentment for the fact that it didn't happen because it felt like it was one of those things that, that seemed like an easy, yeah, this should absolutely be a thing. And it didn't necessarily mean it needed to be more powerful. It just needed to be bigger. <laughs> was, I think our biggest yeah. thing yeah. was like, it just needed to be larger in your hands or and feel more American comfortable. That was hands. It. <laughs> yeah. it just needed to feel like it was, it was, uh, it was good. I mean, I've, I've seen the rock ally and uh, a, a lot of people have been saying like people with big hands. I've been saying it's, yeah, it's actually really comfortable to use huh. uh, even, even more comfortable yeah, using the, the steam deck. Huh? Even using the, uh, the pro controller or the, uh, the uh, the larger uh, controls for the uh, sides. Yeah, I forget what they're called. But uh, even using those still isn't quite enough to get to that comfort level that we come to expect from like Xbox controller or yeah. a PlayStation controller even. Yeah. Uh, but it's still a tremendous help. <laughs> but I can I can feel the carpal tunnel building up. <laughs> in my fucking left wrist, I'm playing this shit. Yeah, I'm like God damn it. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean the game game looks and functions pretty damn well. Uh, I still get frustrated shit at some things. I had the power fucking go out on me one day, and I had to remember that. Oh yeah, 
the uh, console doesn't go off because it's yeah. running on a battery right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. so I managed to pause it before I got murdered. Nice. Uh, but when I came back into it and I went topside, uh, my frame rate just went to shit. I was like, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to guess something like desynced. I was like, so I completely restarted the system yeah. and, uh, you know, everything panned back out. Um, but it probably didn't I help that the game was dips. running off of the, the, the dock. And then, cause the dock, the yeah. dock, like the dock does give a little bit of a boost to, yeah. to the, to the power of the system. Just yeah. for anybody out there who doesn't know that. That's why, um, that's why I think maybe it just desynced, like it's yeah. not functioning <laughs> the way it should. Yeah, power like, went off and it went Nika Gurgurk. You're not supposed to do this to me and pull and, and pull me out of the out of that slot. So now I'm having to go yeah. g- go without that extra boost. Yeah, but I'm enjoying it. I think if uh, if you if you in, you know as many other reviews said, if you enjoyed the the, the previous one, uh, you'll definitely enjoy this one. I think. Okay. Um, if you didn't enjoy the previous one. I enjoyed it to a degree, but uh, I had the same gripes as almost everybody else. Uh, weapon fragility is, I think, worse in this one. Yep. But it's partially mitigated through the uh, fusibility that they give you. Um, yeah. That functionality, while while kind of gimmicky, it's a fun gimmick. Um, okay. It's it's hilarious to see you know my contraptions just completely fucking fail. Um, mm-hmm. I, I stacked four or five springs together to launch my ass into the air. Yeah. And instead of clearing what I thought was above me, I just smashed my fucking character into the ceiling of a, of a <laughs> floating block and uh, come to find out one of the springs that didn't even fire. I'm like, Oh, so I would have been dead, dead if uh, that one had gone off. Got it. As I, you know, That's I'm funny. trying to send this floating platform and I lose like, three hot air balloons, a plane and two hovercraft trying to go up this damn thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the most important things is realizing the amount of abuse that uh, players want to give certain characters within that game. <laughs> the Koroks. Yeah. It's, it's fucking funny as shit. Uh, I haven't, I haven't really messed with it too much myself, but it's, it's pretty damn funny. Yeah. I but saw the, some of those videos and I was like, man, you of- Nintendo players, you guys are fucking sadistic. <laughs> You're sick fucks. Oh, Oh yeah! You imagine if Tingle was in there, I would definitely go out of my way to murder that guy. <laughs> uh, but the creativity uh, that that allows for in the game—I mean, kind of the the powers did it in the previous one. Yeah. Um, but it, it's almost kind of like throwing a Lego game into a freestyle Lego game into Zelda, and that's fun. Okay. All right. Well, so I guess is is it a buy? If you, I think if you can get it on deal, it's a buy. Okay. I still don't know if I'd be happy spending seventy bucks for it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, and listeners, in case you're wondering, Zelda's or sorry, uh, uh, Jedi is uh, it is not a buy. <laughs> it is a it is a wait for deep discount. Um, I wanted to get it day one, and then after hearing, but I wanted to hear what. <laughs> oh, and it's uh, been a roller coaster. Was, like, like, because I, I went from yeah. this game is trash to hey, they fixed a lot of stuff. It's actually worth buying. To oh yeah, shit, you, they you broke it. it all over again. Like they, they literally like we've had five listeners. We've had five five patches since it's released. Five patches in two and a half weeks. 
Which is funny because we were talking about it when it first came out because you messaged me. Uh, I think it was at work and yeah. you messaged me, hey, don't buy this. Yeah. And then by the time I got home, oh, they fixed something. I, I can recommend it now. And then like two days later, you're like, nope, don't buy it now. Yeah. So it, it's definitely <laughs> been a roller coaster yeah. of every fucking time. Like it's it, so like they released it day one. The game was trash. Uh, they had a patch. It got a little bit better. They had another patch. It got a little bit better Had another patch and something went wrong. Then they had another patch. It got worse Had another patch and it got even worse. And I sat there going, what the fuck is going on? And every time the game had a patch, except for the most recent one, I should say, it was like it was re-downloading the entire goddamn game. It was like 133 gigs. So like it would download, it would download like forever. And then suddenly you'd be like, all right, well, I'm installing now. And you'd have to sit there and wait. Like I sat there waiting, like for one of the patches to install, I sat there waiting for like an hour and it wasn't my internet connection because everything else was running just fine. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? Uh, and now like, like I can tell you there, there are, there are plenty of other bugs in there, but uh, I mean, when, when you go to quit out the game and the game won't quit, it just stays there. And then as a result of it freezing up like that, you can't access task manager. You can't access anything. And your only solution is literally turn off the fucking computer. Yeah, dude, <laughs> what am I like? Like I tried listeners. I tried everything and I could not get out of that fucking game. I could not get it to get to, to drop. So I ended up having to tr- shut off the system. Like that was the last draw. I was like, I'm not going to keep playing this. I'm, I'm going to wait for them to try and fix it again. Uh, I'm going to send in every goddamn bug report I can, and I'm going to give respawn both barrels. So respawn, if you've, if you've gotten an email from someone that says, first of all, get your shit together. That's me. (laughs) Uh, get all your shit, pack it up, put it, put it in a bag, grab your shit, get all your shit, all of it, put it in a bag, get your shit together. Fuck. So yeah, not I'd a say buy. submit your time card <laughs> so you can get paid for as a tester, but uh right. they don't believe in hiring testers. They don't believe so, in hiring uh, testers in QA, <laughs> so uh there's no point. Yep. Um yeah, so get it on deep discount, don't get it. Um again, it was too much of a roller coaster and I got tired of telling the guys, yeah, it's fine now, it's not good. It's not it's, it's not bad. And after seeing the updates on console, fuck me, dude. Some of those like that, that video that I showed you that HDR fucking losing it, like the sparkles and yeah. the fucking black squares <laughs> showing up. I sat there. I was like, the fuck is this? Like, how the how do you how do you release a game that bad? It doesn't make any sense. And then the, and then to turn around and be like, oh, no, it's because people were on Windows 10 or People had had low end CPUs matched with high end graphics cards, <laughs> like low end CPUs saying that the, the uh, 59 or, or 5800 X 3D or a 5900 X was a low end G or low end CPU. You need to shut the fuck up <laughs> right Dude, just, now. Just give it it. Just give it another year or two. The, the excuse would be uh, you weren't squinting hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take Vaseline and rub it all over your screen? Because <laughs> that's the way our game is meant to be played. 
Go stare at some MIG welding for an hour. And the, and then the fact that I've had the fact that I've had to go to the to to the modding community to fix some of that game, like the the sharpening issue, the fact that like it loses screen resolution if you turn if you turned off FSR. Like, dude, wow. what the fuck? And I've had to go and I've had to go to the modding community to fix that shit. Jesus Christ! How is it that modders are fixing this shit faster than you guys are? useless and they're even doing it for free yeah leave it to the modding community you guys are you like the modders they're they're you guys are the fucking heroes right now and i'm curious to know if any of these problems are have anything to do with the fact that they use de novo or de novo for their copyright protection their drm which is notorious now for causing system issues and bogging down games and uh, listeners if you're one of those people like oh there's no proof of that go and look at the uh video that was done uh on uh digital foundry where they showed what happens and the differences between using denuvo on capcom's resident evil village and the uh modded version that removed the drm and you tell me that Genuvo is not doing some weird shit. So I don't understand, man. You just don't get it. What's really funny, you like to all those developers and publishers out there, you guys realize that every time you put DRM on a on a on a game like this, uh, and people know that the DRM is actually actively making the game worse all you've done is told every single person out there don't give us money pirate our game go and find the cracked version and pirate the game you've literally you that's quite literally what you're telling your 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 customers at that point because you don't care about the end quality the only thing you cared about was that oh we wanted to pretend prevent people from stealing our game so we put a we put a piece of software in our game that makes it worse so that people wouldn't steal it. Yeah. To which, uh, to the which hacking and goes, modding community says, hold my beer yeah, and watch hold, this, hold my beer. I'm going to go steal your game. <laughs> uh, so do you know what also ma- keeps people from stealing your game? Making good games that are actually not broken. Yeah, I'm more than willing to pay <sighs> money for, products that are worth it yeah it's almost it's almost like people will pay for quality and and good products and and they won't steal them actively in a normal society but i guess since we've gotten to the point where we're in a zero accountability society and everybody just can walk into a walgreens steal them fucking blind and then walk out and nobody says anything uh maybe they're in the right now (laughs) maybe maybe it's now okay to keep treating their customers like this that would usually gladly pay for them to, to not do this to us. So I don't know who, who the fuck knows. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's just tons of fucking shoplifters out there stealing games. Maybe, maybe we don't know. It's a mystery. Just, just digital shoplifting. I think I saw a guy going to steam and just fucking wreck shop and steal everything they had one day. <laughs> I think that happened one day. I'm almost, almost positive. Coat. I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like fucking Christ, man. Could you imagine if they had a physical storefront? 
I just like I was just trying to imagine like a digital like somebody digitally doing that and like you say that they had a physical storefront just makes me laugh even harder. <laughs> That'd be hysterical. There are no more Steam decks. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> what happened? Riders came in, took them all. Oh no! I was just thinking me personally going in and requesting to speak to Gabe Newell, <laughs> and then all I would do is hold up three fingers at him and see if he flinches. <laughs> One. <laughs> three. And then I, uh. I would want to visit him with the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> 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 We're going to count to three together. You know what? Just out of spite for not being able to count to three on any of his games, yeah. we should get Half-Life 4, uh, Team Fortress 4, and uh, Portal 4. Nice. Just entirely skip. So the third one. Somebody somebody made a joke about this, and I laughed about it because they were like, "So if if the the Valve Index comes out with a Valve Index two, do you think they'll completely just just no longer make the technology anymore, make the make the VR headsets anymore when they have to make <laughs> Val, the the Valve Index three? <laughs> It's the somebody made the, somebody made the joke. They're like, "No, nah, they'll just skip three and go straight to four, or just call it the Valve Index 1.0 or something like that." Like, yeah, uh, indices. Yeah, <laughs> because, because because they just couldn't do it. Can't make a third one. I mean, hell, it took them a decade to make CS:GO two. Right, <laughs> which which is hysterical because CS:GO I think is actually the third Counter Strike. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. But it's just not named, named number three. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, this is where we're at. Welcome, welcome to <laughs> welcome to the uh, to the current existence of a gamer. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, like the only reason why I'm laughing at this is because I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> you've you've got two options here. You can either laugh or cry. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. No, that's why every time I buy a game, I'm shocked when it's good. Like. uh so I finally got to play uh, Ratchet and Clank, the new one. Yeah, dude, it was fucking awesome. I loved it. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't finish it. I I, mean, I, I, was, I only started it. But. I I was shocked. It was actually good. Really? Yeah, it's Insomniac. Yeah, it so that's. <laughs> I mean, I they're one of the few studios that like if the game's not good, then I would be shocked. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> At the same time, we have no guarantees of anything. <laughs> that, that's the sad part. <laughs> it's like, no, because Insom- yeah, Insomniac this- is one of my more trusted studios because, I mean, yeah. I'm a huge Ratchet and Clank fan. I loved uh, Spider-Man. Uh, Miles Morales was really good. And that was like a DLC, basically. Yeah. And even that, that came think, out was really I good. I think at this point now, it's it, the, I, think the sad, I think the saddest part about that is the fact that, like, you you don't know if you're going to get something good even from a studio you trusted yeah because we've been beaten down so bad by the other crap 
that's been going on and the bad releases we've been having like fuck microsoft jesus christ i would never in my lifetime would have thought that xbox would be looked at as a as this is the studio this is the the game company you go to or the the console you go to if you want the b list first party games yeah the the first party games that really really aren't worth your money which i think creates the biggest problem ever for game pass uh is the fact that i think people are going to start looking at game pass the same way that they look at netflix mm-hmm. of I'm only going to give you my money when I want to play a couple of games you have on there. I'm going to binge those and then I'm going to cancel my subscription for however long I need to until you come out with something worth my time because they keep putting so much shut like like what Miles said, shovelware. It's coming out of shovelware. And that's what AAA development's turning into. It's it's just shovelware of like, you know, Microsoft's treating it that way. And when you have Phil Spencer say stuff like and we talked about this I think last week of when you have Phil, or not last week, but uh, the week before, but when you have Phil Phil Spencer saying, uh, "There's no way to turn to to turn that ship around to sell more consoles," and uh, you could make you could make a was it a, a Starfield into a it was it could be an eleven out of ten game, but it's not going to turn around and sell consoles. I'm like, yeah, but it couldn't hurt. Like your, your, your outlook, your outlook, I get what he's saying of the fact of like, they lost, he he pointed out, they lost the, the worst generation they could have ever lost. They, they could have ever lost to, which was with the Xbox one of building that digital library to actually turn into the juggernaut they needed to be. And the Xbox one just didn't do it. And yeah, that, that was a huge mistake and he wholeheartedly admits it. Good on him. I'm glad Microsoft can own up to that. However, Turning around and saying that there's no way you'd sell more consoles or outsell the PlayStation 5 by making good games, that's not necessarily true, dude. I literally know people who have PCs who say that there is no way that they would own an Xbox because they have a PC. That's 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 not your problem. Your problem is there are people out there with PS5s who will not own a PC because it's too expensive, too expensive to build, too expensive to own. So they're not going to go out and buy a PC to have Game Pass. However, they would absolutely consider an Xbox if you had titles worth owning and worth playing on that platform. So saying that you're not going to sell an Xbox, no one's going to sell a PS5. No shit. No one's going to sell their console just to get your console. However, there's nothing that says that no one's going to turn around and buy your console if you made something good enough to play on it. That is just a dipshit mentality to think that, to think that you wouldn't right. sell a console simply by having better games. It, it might not sell as many as Sony, but it sure as shit wouldn't hurt. It sure as shit would bring the value What's, that you want to bring to Game Pass because Game Pass supposedly, based off of what we're seeing from your strategy, Game Pass is eventually going to be on everything. It's going to become the next Xbox game pass and cloud gaming will become the next Xbox in the future. There will be no hardware in the future. That's what you, that's what the end goal to cloud gaming is. So if that's the case, then your games should be worth our time and worth our money. We shouldn't be looking at you like, ah, it's Netflix. They'll, they'll, they'll just green light anything. All right. I mean, what's the, what's the alternate, you know, continue the course of action of underperforming. Yeah. <laughs> Like, 
yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say, but you know, try to support things that are still yet to come up. I really, I really, really hope Starfield's great. <laughs> God, I hope so yeah, for for the gaming industry. For I, I really want a great space epic again, yeah. uh, and that's really the only one that's slated, uh, sort of. <laughs> so. Listeners, games and like bugs in games can be acceptable. We we've we've dealt with that in the past for years. There are a certain amount of oh, bugs yeah. that are certain that are completely acceptable. The things that aren't acceptable are game breaking bugs, bugs that cannot be cannot be ignored. Or when you have so many that you have to sit there and go, this is not a quality game. So if that happens with Starfield, then we're gonna give it both barrels, just like we've given anything else that has that. So hopefully Starfield gets back to even even though it's using creation in which fuck I don't know why they're doing that but still such a bad call such a bad call <laughs> but even even with creation the the creation engine being used creation engine 2 is they're calling it even though it's just a revamped yeah. version of the same thing yeah. uh if as bad as plays, that engine is 3 it, fallout 3 fallout 4 were were still great games <laughs> yeah well fallout 3 fallout 4 fallout new vegas like the these all used the same engine yeah. And we enjoyed them. So if you, Skyrim, <laughs> yeah. you know, Merwind, these, <laughs> the these most are games, sold game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The game that we fully expect to have another special edition before we ever get uh, Elder, Elder Scrolls six. six. It's just, I fully expect it to happen. <laughs> um, you know, we're going to get like a ray tracing pack or some, something like that. The ray tracing edition, some, some nonsense in the future. But, but, uh, like I fully, I fully expect that, but here's the thing with those games were still great. Even, even with the bugs and stuff like that, some of the bugs made it hysterical, but a lot of the times the bugs didn't make the game unplayable. So well, you could also save every five seconds. Yeah. You save every five <laughs> seconds to say to add your bets. And if you were a Bethesda gamer, that's exactly what you did. Uh, but yeah, you, you, we, we don't expect Bethesda to make a good game, and that's sad because we've been let down too many times. However, if it does play well, if it if it if it's a good game, fuck. Hopefully, that's what we get. Because God, it'd be nice to have that. That would be a huge change. That would be a huge change for for Xbox. I'd laugh my ass. You know, here's the funny thing. I'd laugh my ass off if if starfield gets rave reviews and is actually a good game even even with some bugs in it i'm fully expecting it because i say because it's bethesda but even with some bugs in it if it's a good game and worth buying worth playing and actually worth anybody's time and it gets rave reviews i would laugh my ass uh, my ass off if suddenly xbox sales went up and then i'd be like you want to say that again phil because i would love to hear your analysis on whether or not that would actually sell consoles right right I can't wait to see what the bugs are going to be. <laughs> well, I don't know. We had the horse, the, the horse flying bug. That was great. I still remember the first time I saw that in a video and I was playing the look at my horse. My horse is amazing. Yeah. I was dying <laughs> laughing because the, the way that that guy edited it out was because like you hear, you hear it off in the distance and also the guy looks up and there's this horse, uh, this guy on a horse flying above him and it gets louder and louder and louder. And then it goes away <laughs> and then it comes back again. Like it happens to him like eight, like, like four or five times. So there's hysterical. I was dying. So 
you know, I, I can't wait to see what the modding community is going to do with this game. I hope that right. we can get the equivalent, something similar to uh, Randy Savage Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> or Thomas the Tank. Yeah, yeah. either either one of those. <laughs> I, Gilmore Diesel. I about pissed my pants the first time I saw the uh, the Randy Monster, Savage yeah. Dragons. Yeah, that was funny as hell. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and that's one reason yeah the mod the body community is so, so freaking creative it's awesome and that's one reason i feel like i i'm not sure about you guys but i feel like that's part of the reason i'm willing to forgive a lot of the bugs in bethesda games yeah is the modding community not only fixes them but then they'll do stupid shit like that yeah and they fix them relatively quickly too it's yeah. kind of crazy uh, like the te- I mean, the texture think- pack that came out for Skyrim was out within like a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think the Thomas the Tank Dragon is what really spurred uh, spurred off the uh, inspiration for uh, Choo Choo Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> I've never saw him as horrifying until he was a fire breathing <laughs> dragon. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to bring up this week? No, I think I'm tapped out. Okay. I was going to say, I think we covered my reviews. Uh, I'll just say it one more time for the road. Uh, Starship Troopers uh, Extermination. Yeah. 100% buy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say. it's Yeah, it's worth the buy. Yeah. Um, one last thing. Uh, I watched Renfield. Oh, that was fucking hilarious. Great movie. Nicolas Cage, man. Dude, that guy is just awesome. Please do another uh, Willy's Wonderland, by the way. Freaking great. Love that movie. Um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, listeners, I know. Like, you said you weren't going to see it in the theater. You boycotted it. I didn't see it in theaters. I did not. Uh, however, I did get to see it. It was very good. It was actually very funny. It is a very unfortunate thing that Hasbro, uh, and particularly uh, Watsi, had done what they did uh, to the dry or the uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons community because that that movie would have I think that movie would have actually performed a lot better in theaters if Watsi hadn't done what they did, if they hadn't turned on their customer base and continued to just be complete assholes. Uh, but that movie is yeah, worth rare a watch. When- it's rare when you get a movie anymore these days where I'm like, I wish this was actually a little bit longer. So it was a little bit more fleshed out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked that. And it's not a short movie. <laughs> no, it is not. All right. Um, I can't think of anything else that, uh, that I've watched. I think that was it. Uh, preview for the creator came out. That movie looks fucking awesome. That movie looks cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Very um, much looking forward to that. Yeah. I liked the idea of the fact of uh, when he, like when they show the AI, it's the little kid. I'm like, that's totally exactly what I expected. Yeah. Uh, we we're going to create a, we we're going to create a, you know, man destroying AI and it's going to be a huge weapon, but we're not going to teach it a goddamn thing. And that's exactly the problem with AI 
is the it's not not necessarily like i don't expect i don't expect a sky or a skynet to, to really happen from ai but i do expect the fact of uh human beings are not going to take or they're going to take ai and get it to the point where it actually can learn and be more human and have human interactions and they're not going to teach it they're just going to use it as a tool instead of being smart and saying yeah we actually need to nourish you and teach you the way that we would teach a child but uh you know the story that i saw like uh, a couple weeks ago is like uh they used ai you know ai on a uh like a like an Amazon sorting robot or a package sorting robot, and it quit after two hours. Like there was nothing wrong with the machine itself. The AI just stopped. It, it didn't see the purpose, so it quit. Yeah. The caption <laughs> I, like, I saw said it, amazing. It shut itself down after fifteen minutes, realizing what it was yeah, doing. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah, futility. Nice to, yeah. <laughs> nice to know the robots are smart enough to what kill themselves. And I'm you too stupid. Butter. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of from that. You gotta teach uh, AI what humor is and it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It is what Coping it is. mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Handle AI depression before it's even a thing. yeah so all right well listeners thank you for listening to us really do appreciate it. if you stuck with us this long i am amazed because i bitched a lot but still (laughs) we appreciate it i appreciate you the most out of everyone in this group i appreciate you the most i appreciate you he's right i don't i don't i don't have any more appreciation to give so miles has no emotions he's dead inside uh (laughs) the laughter you hear is fake (laughs) so we really do appreciate it anyways tell your friends about us it's literally the only way we get around we have no social media presence and we'd like to keep it that way because we really hate social media um to the point where if if you gave us a choice of there'd be no TikTok, no YouTube, no Twitter, no Facebook today, we would say yes. <laughs> so instantly we get rid of it. Uh, if I had to go back to if I had to go back to work writing snail mail, I think I'd prefer that. Um, <laughs> if that was the consequence, like you can't have you can't you have email, nothing. Like, all right, well, well, I'm really not talking to anybody. <laughs> well, well, then I guess I'm moving. To, I guess I'm moving to Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> the conversations I'll have is be whatever I fucking etch into my lawn for flyovers. <laughs> <laughs> you have the dog next door. You do have the dog next door, too. <laughs> so. Anyways, this is Vargo. This is Josiah. And Miles. Keep on geeking on, and we're out. Shimatami 